If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's <Yeah. laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Grammarica Show. Coming at you this week with the Podfather himself, inventor of podcasting, podcasting 2.0, anti-censorship. Probably, I mean, we joke about it still, hit Dvorak jokes about it, but probably eventual, you know, I would not be surprised to see this guy win the Nobel Peace Prize one day. <laughs> you guys have all heard of him. Wonderful. Adam Curry. And we have everybody's favorite, second second favorite podcaster, I guess. Or maybe third. Dvorak probably beats you out too. So you're probably like the third. But everybody's favorite interviewer, uh, Graham Benchpress Dunlop, looking younger every week. You got a mullet going, huh? I got the, yeah, I've got my mullet. I just had my hair trimmed, but I left the back, the curly back long because now I can because I've grown it all out. So the back is like, you know, 1980s curly mullet style. There you go. Yeah. It's part of the new look. Part of the new look, yeah. I just got to keep the sides a bit trimmed and stuff or it gets a bit crazy. But oh, It gets that dewy gray on the side, too. I don't know. For some reason, I've always synonymized like the grayish black when it's just on the side like that, like on the where the sideburn would be and above the ear is being a Jew thing. I don't know why. What? I think it's like from Archie Comics back in the day. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Did you ever read Archie Comics? Yep, I did, actually. I like learning to read on Archie Comics. All right, what, what was that? You what? I like learning to read on Archie Comics. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like some of those comics. I didn't get into all the superhero ones, though. Like, like No, me neither. Comics. I didn't like any of that shit. Just the Archies. That's really it. I just liked all the Archie comics. I think there was a name for them all, wasn't there? there was like, they were like called something. Yeah, yeah. There was a, and there was a bunch of different sort of spin-offs or different types yeah, like Jughead, of Jughead Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Archie with had the bitches after him all the time, even though he's a yeah. ginger. Yeah. Weird world. Obviously. What a weird world. world. Anyway. Yeah, I this is a great show with Adam. I mean, this is yeah, a long, right. long show too. He he was like such a good good uh good participant. Good gracious yeah, I mean, cat. Yeah, gracious guest. He's just like, oh yeah, I got lots all the time in the world for you guys, and he would just went on. That was great. There's a timestamp in the show notes. Of course, if you guys want to skip our lazy ramblings, if you want to be one of those folks, we're gonna get through some lazy ramblings here in the intro. Catch up on some stuff. Do some housekeeping. Beg for support. Mention some supporters. All that sort of fun stuff. How's the how's Saskatchewan life? It's good. Yeah, it's good. I'm getting new internet coming up in about uh, four days. I cannot wait. It's like all day downloading and uploading. So it's going to be much better, much better. I can't wait for that. 
It was pretty good timing actually for the, because it's just arrived to this little town I'm in. So it's, I didn't have to wait long for it. And I thought I was going to have to wait years. And the books are going good. Like, man, we got some fantastic books coming out, some audio books. Someone left a three star review on, on iTunes because we don't live in Alberta anymore. But I think they should bump it up to four stars because I do still live in Alberta. They were mistaken. We didn't. What does that have to do with anything? I don't get it. I don't know. But either way, I didn't that was, know. That was a podcast review? I just moved further away from the city. Hmm. I think it was a Grammarica Outlawed review. Might have been a, a review for this show. I can't remember. We haven't got, we don't get a lot of reviews anymore. I don't know why. None of you fucking guys want to review the show. Head over to, uh, what is it? Like Grammarica <laughs> iTunes or something? We haven't mentioned it in a minute. <laughs> I think it's grammarica.ca slash iTunes. I don't think that's what the it's, review link is, but it's probably in the show notes every time. I mean, we, we probably have it in the... That's it. That's it. will do it. Unless that fucking Andre fucked it up when he did the new site. That's what it was for years, though, I'm sure. It, it, it's in the show notes. Oh, yeah. It says uh, iTunes... Uh, uh, no, apple.com slash ca slash podcast grammarica. Oh, what? Oh, no, I'm looking at the... What? Review on iTunes, yeah. It says, uh, yeah, apple.com. Just to, I'm sure. I Yeah, so, yeah, apple.com, podcast.apple.com, CA podcast, the Grimerica show. Yeah. Z/ slash iTunes. 191 ratings, 4.9. I mean, that's pretty good, but, uh, yeah, people could always. It's way more than that in the U.S. Yeah. In the States, I think we're almost at a thousand, or we just got to a thousand total reviews. I think people love the last one with Chris Knowles, he's always a favorite, too. Wow, Chris Knowles, yeah, that guy's a fan favorite. People are gonna love this one, too. Adam is a uh, you know, we're just all over the place. We talk a lot of podcasts and stuff, which you guys may or may not enjoy, but uh, you guys are all into podcasting, clearly, so you should get something from it. You sort of how it started, where it's going why we should switch to 2.0, which we haven't done yet. But we, we are we're on YouTube again. Not for this show. We are on YouTube for this show. We're just not allowed to monetize. It seems like, I don't know, something seems to have switched over there. I mean, touch wood. I don't have any wood, honey. This might be real wood. Uh, but they've been leaving us alone, even with the roundups, which, I mean, we only put the first half of the roundup on YouTube. Which, if you don't know, the roundup is our like weekly news roundup that Graham and I do on Outlawed for about two hours, and we put the first hour on YouTube. And the first hour gets a little dicey sometimes. Sometimes it even gets into the jibbity jabs. But so it seems like they've just demonetized us and said, "Okay, well, let's get the fuck out of here." So hopefully, I mean, that could change the instant. But that's not the YouTube news. The YouTube news is. We've started to release the audiobooks. We're slowly dripping out the audiobooks on the YouTube, one or two a week, sometimes three, depending on how long they are. Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Today just came out Agrippa's first book on the YouTube channel, Adult Brain Audiobooks on YouTube. Check it out, guys. Even if you're not going to listen to them or anything like that, if you could subscribe and share them around, it's a good way to get the... uh, Audiobooks out there for free for people. I mean, you do have to leave, listen on YouTube, obviously, and there'll be some ads in them from now and again. But they're there. They're free. There's a few out already. Isis Unveiled 1 and 2. 
a bunch of them. There's like em, uh, emerald, emerald tablets, that. emerald tablets of Thoth, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, the long version, uh, think and grow rich, the master key system, outwitting the devil, Isis unveiled, God, man, the word made flesh. I mean, Siddhartha, those are all available on YouTube, the full books now for free. For and, free. I mean, we're not really doing it for like. Oh, oh, I was thinking about the podcast, actually. Like, yeah, the, it's not like we're, do, we're doing it really for, for, sort of for SEO to keep our name out there. It's good for advertising in a way, but yeah, we're not expecting anything from the Grimerica Outlaw, or Grimerica podcast on YouTube, but this book one, Adult Brain Audiobook Publishing on there could be, could be good for us. And books that aren't on that while we're on the audiobooks, I mean, we do have a couple new ones out in the podcast feed too. These probably won't get to YouTube for a while. Actually, they might come out on YouTube sooner than later because I think they might do good. But one is uh, Taz, The Temporary Autonomous Zone by Hakeem Bey. That whole thing won't be going on YouTube. I don't think YouTube's going to like the first two thirds of that book. But the last part, The Pirate Utopia, basically the last part about the temporary autonomous zone will be a good, good one for you, YouTube. But this is like really interesting. This is like eighties, nineties, um, anarchism. It's basically called the temporary autonomous zone ontology, ontological anarchism, ontological anarchy, poetic terrorism. And it goes through a whole bunch of interesting stuff. It's from Hakeem Bey. It's like, he's a famous, he just passed away not too long sort of a famous famous author in that space. And then we also have Moonchild from Aleister Crowley, which is like a fiction book about uh, about creating a moon child. <laughs> it's really interesting. What's a moon child? Like one that comes out of your ass? <laughs> no, it's just one that's born like after rituals to the moon, worshiping the moon and stuff, you know? Oh. Yeah. And it happens right around World War II and, you know, it's pretty interesting. I mean, we talk about we talk about that with one on one on Outlaw the other day, right? Trump was the wasn't he like the next the next he was born on the blood next Trump. full moon blood what was it the full moon blood moon eclipse? Blood Trump, um, he had a after, double eclipse thing. There's the eclipse thing going on with him. It's just that one on one. Even know that everyone says I'm Juan's doppelganger because they have more listeners. I'm not sure that they do. Maybe we do. And then maybe Juan's a doppelganger. But here's the thing. I think it goes by whoever's older. I think that I'm makes older. sense. Right? There can be only one. He would say there can be only one. The chosen one. Fuck. Anyway, support the show, guys. Go America.ca slash support. We could not do this podcast without you. Romans had, I forget. I think we're at 643 episodes. 644, yeah. something like that. Uh, all there, all for free in the background. Of course, um, if you guys are getting some value from the show, it comes across a free podcast. It is free if you need it to be free. If you can uh, afford a couple of bucks, we could use it uh, because we feel like we're giving you some value. We could use some value back. I mean, we got, we should mention Felix, who everyone was wondering. No one's heard from Felix in a while, but he reached out to me just this morning. Sent me a new song that'll play at the end of this. Uh, it's called Off the Grid. It seems like Felix has been off the grid for a while, but <laughs> he is still listening to the show and that uh, we're still doing well. We're still uh, the same guys. So it's always nice to hear that kind of stuff. And he says hi and sends a song and he's a 
he's alive and well, and he's going to come to a show soon. So, Oh, good. Well, that's good to hear from Felix, who does our music. And we should also mention, we haven't mentioned, we don't mention enough, uh, Nap, who does our art. So that's Lost Bread, is it? Lostbread.com or lostbreadcomic.com? Uh, it is uh, lostbreadcomic.com. Lostbreadcomic.com. Check out all that art stuff. She does all the art for every episode since like episode 100 or something like that. Yeah, the curry art. You're gonna, Curry's going to love the art for this episode. Yeah. I don't even think I've seen it yet. Yeah, I, I took a sneak peek. Ooh, the Dvorak one was good. So that'd be good. So anyway, support the show, guys, if you can. Look, here's we're going to just break it to you. We've been trying to get people to support this show for a decade, not a whole decade. Cause we didn't start like asking for money to like seven years ago. And, uh, you know, it's just, it goes well sometimes other times, not as well, you know, but it's never been enough that we could make a living off it or quit our jobs or anything like that. Hence why we got into audiobooks and doing Grammarica outlawed and trying different models and stuff like that to get to the point where, at least one of us is able to quit for now. Well, and I still have, to, and I still can't really quit. Quit. I mean, I have to paint, and paint in the part time. I got to start up another business part time. Trying to do everything I can, working like four or five jobs just to, to make ends meet. I'm not complaining at all. I love it. I love the audiobooks. Yeah, and I kids love like me, you can do that. What? Why not? With kids, right? Too right. expensive trying to feed yeah. these fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything else. Anyway, I digress. So we're just trying new stuff. And uh, Dvorak mentioned to us when we had him on in January that, well, you, you got to start mentioning the people that support the show. That'll help. So that's what we're going to do. And lo and behold, it has helped a little bit. So what we're doing now is if you do us a one-time donation, um, over 50 bucks, we'll mention it. If you sign up for a new monthly, we'll mention that. Hey. We also realize that a bunch of you have been supporting the show for a long time. We ain't said shit. We don't know who wants to be mentioned and who doesn't. So um, if you do sign up or send a donation, you don't want to be mentioned, put that in there. And if you have been supporting us for a while and you want to be mentioned, all you got to do is email Graham. Spam Graham. Leave us a little note. Otherwise, we got nothing to read. So Graham at GrahamAmerica.com. Yeah, unless they put it in the, in the, I don't know. Are you catching the PayPal notes at all? If there's PayPal I notes? I'm, 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 I'm handling that. Side okay. of things, if you're, it's a monthly donation thing, you'll have to send that note to Graham because that won't give you the option to put in a note. But the one-time donations, I'll catch. And, I mean, we still haven't ruled out that we'll give you guys some sort of thing if you get donate so much money. We're just not there yet. We're still sort of trying to we're trying to organically put <laughs> something new together here to try, you know, 650 episodes in. We're still trying to figure out how to monetize. We're still trying to here. maintain attrition. I mean, if we can, if we can get past attrition, we'll be... Be one step further ahead. That's it. As I mean, we have lost probably half the supporters that were just um, around forever and fell off or whatever's happened. Maybe they went out loud. Maybe they didn't. Whatever happened, you know, we could use more support. We're working just as hard. We got some. We've had some fantastic guests lately. So head to grandamerica.ca slash support. Make one up today. You get your note read. We'll read that shit for you here. We can become part of the show. Part of the show. We'll read your note and. uh I don't know. We'll come up with something where, you know, if you give us a thousand bucks or so, we'll maybe send you a t-shirt or something. T-shirt. I don't know. We'll come up with something. You let us know what you think. There's only a couple. Listen, there's a couple people I'll mention. Uh, one is Mike K. You know who you are. Liberal Mike. 
who has supported the show uh, to the tune of enough to, you know, get a road named after him in Grand America, probably. And the other one is our top of the list here. Uh, friend of the show, Jasper Paul, who sent us in a hundred bucks. Where's the note now? Thanks, Paul. Yeah, now I can't. I'm trying to find that certain one now since it's the one I sort of brought up. Dude, and I'm getting on a constant alerts on my bush cameras because it's coyote o'clock. It's coyote. <laughs> so it's like fucking coyote crazy. Yeah, right now. Okay, I tracked it down. Okay. From uh, Jasper Paul. Sir Scandinavian, hundred bucks. He also says, "I think this was for the topless shot that you gave us on that one episode." So he says, "I'll also do twenty-five dollars for each testicle." And he says, "Grams might be different sizes, though." <laughs> yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Paul from Jasper, fellow Albertan. We got a twenty spot from Michael T. I can hear the coyotes howling now. Wow. Can you hear it? No. It's weird. I can hear it through my headphones. I'll wow. let you if I shut my gate off, you could hear it. Uh, from Bruce B. Uh, new monthly. Signed up for five fifty five a month. Thanks, Bruce. Now we'll go over to our buddies over at OBDM. Oh. Midnight Mike. Now I know your last name, motherfucker. 3333. Oh, that's that. awesome. And the last but certainly not least, a hundred bucks from Steve Lynch. Not much to say here, guys. Just keep up the good work and let Darren know my shop is about halfway done. And I'll probably have a new knife for him by hunting season, I hope. Awesome. So that's all we got for this week's that I mean, you know. Just that little bit there almost like doubles the support for this show. Yeah, that's fantastic. It really so, it really helps. It doesn't take much to make a big difference. You know, like I say, this we do love the reach. We love it's fun for that. But as far as like uh, keeping up with attrition, this show is not doing it. We just don't complain so much because we've got other venues that we're, you know, doing all right till Apple or till Amazon freak the fuck out. Anyway. We're just saying, support the show. We got this new thing where we'll mention you. And we love you for it. And if you are supporting the show, thank you very much. You're the only reason there's still a podcast out there at all. Because yeah. we didn't have any supporters. We would have given up a long time ago. No, I just honestly, it, it gets pretty expensive, too. It, 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 it doesn't, uh, it's not just, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. It, it adds up pretty quick. I do this operation, not including labor or anything like that. But oh, but big shout out to Midnight Mike was not only a supporter of the show, but he was our guest on episode six thirty two not too long ago. We talked about uh, UFOs, black cubes, disclosure, and abduction from our big dumb mouth OBDM. That was episode six thirty two, December fourth. It looks like from last year. Right, he's a. uh... UFO guy, right? Yeah. UFO, I guess. Hey, that, check that out, guys. GrandMarket.ca slash support. I had to shoot at a coyote the other day. It was right out in the pasture getting a little too close to the chicken coop. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, so did that scare them away for a while, or did they still come back? Like that's not. I don't know. I mean, so the cameras have been lighting up for about a week. Really? Like Can you put some traps every, out out there every, at all? Or? No, I'm not. I don't know. Probably good. I'd never considered it, honestly. How would you? How would you do it? Just like oh, I have no idea. That when the clamps are fucking lagging. No, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't want to wake up in the night to a coyote who just got his leg trapped in a fucking thing. You know? Yeah. And I don't think poisoning seems kind of gutless, you know, like that's what chicks do. They watch out if your food starts tasting a little off, because if your wife's going to kill you, she's, you know, three times out of four, she's going to poison you. Anyway, so chicks do. Dudes just shoot you in the face if they got some balls. Anyway, uh, I'd rather they just fucked off. I don't want to shoot coyotes. I'm not, I don't want to trap them just for shits and gigs. But the cameras have been lighting up. I do have a bunch of cats and a little dog. And uh, there have been like multiple incidents now recently in Alberta of coyotes attacking kids. So, and uh, the kids had one eyeballing them, you know, like a month ago. I didn't think anything of it because at that time I hadn't heard about these coyote attacks. I was just like, oh, it's just a coyote. But apparently the coyote attacked 10 year old girls. So, wow, what? Yeah, and tried to drag her off. And then when her dad jumped in, it tried biting his ass too. So I don't know if that's just like a rabid coyote, but then I hear a couple other stories. So there's something up with these animals. The other thing is, look, I, dude, just as we're fucking talking, I just got another fucking trail cam alert for another fucking coyote. This and these are all on your on your um, property? Yeah. Look, I'll hold it up to the camera, see if you can see his ghoulish ass. Yeah. Wow, yeah. It's too dark to shoot now, though. So, I mean, I get away with it. There's rural laws in Alberta say I could have a unlocked gun because I'm rural uh, for predator control. And I got that new little 187. Shout out to T-Bone. I know he's loving it. I got it as a 17 HMR, I think. I think it's HMR, 17 HMR. It's a little thing. It's like smaller than a 22. So, you know, <laughs> The standard pellet gun size is 0.17, 0.177. So this is basically a pellet gun with a shit ton of fucking black powder behind it instead of just air. Wow. It's also about three times as heavy as a pellet. But uh, it's rimfire, so it's kind of quiet. So I think I could uh, maybe get away with shooting in the Can dark. Can you get like a night scope or something and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is it's illegal to shoot in the dark. I mean, I don't think the cops are going to show up here anyway. Is it illegal for Indians to shoot in the dark? Well, that's a gray area for sure. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like something the Supreme Court of Canada would have to decide. <laughs> but the point is, with the, with, if I start shooting off my two two three or my two seventy, dude, it's fucking loud. It's a lit, it's a legit cannon. Yeah. The Glock ain't bad, but you can't hit shit with it. But the uh, this so this fucking little thing comes out it's like uh over twice the speed of my 22 and you're and you're and you're allowing your cats outside right now not in the dark with all these coyotes not in the dark you just just during the, the day and then okay but the, there's just there's a lot of coyotes it's fucking crazy i keep hearing the rap and now right now i see a ton of them you know when we're done the show i'll probably go just do a little walk around with the with this new gun, because I think it's quiet enough, uh, you wouldn't hear it too far away. It's like a twenty-two, you know, it's not too loud. 
But I don't know. Won't be able to get I shot. Rounds. I mean, you don't have you don't have night vision right now, do you? No, a night vision scope ain't cheap. They better not go after my chickens, though. Like I said, I don't want to fuck with the coyotes. I don't really want to be shooting coyotes, but if they are, uh, they're getting a little too close, you know. A little too well, close. yeah. I mean, you never know if they're circling around for a while and then they and then they're yeah. And I got kids are making tree forts now, and they're off where I can't see them most of the day. You know, we're into yeah. that point now where it's warming up a little bit, and they're fucking gone. So I don't want to have to think about it. Yeah, they got their little pellet gun, but you know that ain't gonna scare off a coyote unless it's been shot what? out with a real gun a couple times. What well, a pellet gun would scare a coyote, wouldn't it? I mean, can, if you hit a it gun might, you know, dude. If I just point my guns at the pets, they freak the fuck out. None of them have ever actually. That's not true. None of them had ever seen a gun go off until a couple of weeks ago. Now that we're here, the guns. You know, sometimes the guns get shot off the deck. Like when I shot at the coyote, it was kind of right out of the kitchen. Shauna was fucking freaking because I didn't say nothing there. So she was in doing the dishes and I just like, I seen it out of the basement. I seen it out the basement window. So I grabbed the, grabbed the rifle, 223, run upstairs, bust out the patio door without her noticing. And then I'm like, off the deck and it's got the muzzle brake on it. So it's loud as fuck. So. She was fucking freaking. Oh my god! Sorry, yeah, caught her off guard. She really almost shit her pants. Anyway, she'll get used to it. You know, it's just part of country life. Did you see me get tossed off the horse? I did see you get tossed off the horse. Yeah, that was good. That was nice. I went to bareback. It seems better for me. The saddle seemed a little too far. Did forward. you feel sore? Were you sore afterwards? I mean, I guess you got to ride for a while. Hard on the sore, hips. But, yeah. Don't take long to get my for my hips to get sore. It's very. Yeah. I did the mountain one for her birthday. For I think it was, I think it was Madison's birthday, like a couple of years ago, and uh, it was like, dude, it was like three hours, man. And you go into it, you're like, ah, oh, nothing. Fuck oh, no. And then you're like going up these hills and down. We go down the one hill, the horse is sliding on its ass. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> My kids are pretty good because they're both in lessons, but I'm not fucking very good. Oh, and it gets sore after a while. I can't, I can't see how like, these people run around all day. Through, I was like, I cannot wait for this to be over. My fucking <laughs> legs are fucked. Because you're sitting all wide legged. It's like sitting on a... This horse is a big horse, so it's like wider than a drop, flipping over a barrel drum and sitting on that. It's a very wide, big horse. But the nice part of that is it can support my weight very easily. So I'm going to keep jumping on this thing. Um, I don't know about every day, but at least every other day until I can just... Because there's a horse here that ain't broken yet. A young male gelding, like I think six or seven, that... uh I'm going to try breaking this thing eventually, I think, this summer. Because it would be, then it's like just my horse to ride. You know, the girls have Captain, who's super chill and uh, very good with them. And I think Buddy might let them ride eventually. And that, But that's all they need. And then, uh, but they're not going to be riding Rocky ever, you know, or anytime fucking soon. Another coyote pick. Um, because he's a little wild. He's completely wild right now. He's unbroken. Um, 
So you see me, I was able to gracefully get tossed off the horse. They show how these Indians break horses down in 1883. It was really cool. How do they just jump on them? Tie themselves on? No, I think they did it in a pond, uh, in a water pond. And like they're they're broken in like two hours or four hours or something, and everybody, all the white people, were all like, "What? That takes weeks to do. How did they do it?" And and I guess just circle around in the water and then tame tame them in the water or something like that. Interesting. I do have a pond down on the far end that's frozen solid right now, but maybe yeah. I, I mean, mean it was, you know it probably wasn't in the winter, but it was. I think it was in late summer, early fall when it was. I don't know. I've never really been a horse person, but I figure if there's some horses, I might as well figure. I mean, if it's all coming down, I might as well know how to ride this thing. Yeah, the most censored Indian might as well be a cowboy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> most censored Indian cowboy. <laughs> hey, the Indians rode a lot of horses. Right? Yeah. So just as many, arguably. Yeah. After they, because I think the horses got reintroduced by the Spanish like a couple hundred years before Columbus got here, didn't they, or something like that? I don't know the real story. But anyway, we're getting way the fuck off topic. What else we got to get into before we get into the show? Oh, I think that's it. Just our our other show, Outlawed Roundups, and plus our Outlawed interview shows once a week, both of those, the audiobooks, the, the Eclipse. Speaking of Adam Curry, I mean, this eclipse is uh, in Texas, where he is, in the, the path of the totality on April 8th. Contact Gavin.com if you want to get tickets yeah. for that. It's going to be a time, guys. Like a three-day, two-night, three-day. Is it two nights or three nights? Two nights, three-day sort of event, speakers and musicians and a bunch of cool people, a couple hundred cool people hanging out. Sort it's of like a, a long weekend of camping. It's going to be a good time. You guys don't want to miss it. For now, we won't take up any more of your time with our lazy rounds. Have you got a bio for Mr. Curry? Oh, it's just off the top of my head. I mean, he is the podfather. And of course, I mean, we don't, we need to get into his old MTV days and all that. And he's quite the entrepreneur, but uh, he's the, he's the podfather. He has a, played a big part in inventing podcasting and uh, he's teamed up with John C. Dvorak for No Agenda, which they've been doing for 16 years. And he also does uh, occasionally his other one there, Mo Fax, and Podcasting Index and Podcasting 2.0. So all the links are in the show notes. His wife as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Keeper and I or something like that. Curry and the Keeper. I don't know. Curry Keeper. We didn't talk about that. but That could be an Indian restaurant one. Yeah. Anyway, guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Support the show, please. And uh, support these guys, too. They really are doing great work. So, yeah. Enjoy the chat. Adam Curry.
All right, Adam Curry, thanks for coming back and joining us. How you doing? Hey, you guys. I was a little a little upset. It's like, Uh-oh. since when does Dvorak go before me? Well, that's up to Darren. Darren was doing the book. I mean, all of a sudden, like, hey, we want you to come on. Like, yeah, I'll come on. Then all of a sudden, I hear Dvorak. It's like, oh, all right. Is that how we, is that how we roll now? We had to give it to Dvorak because he came on first last time. So I felt like... Is that that, true? Oh, I, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're he right. He had, like... Expressed interest in coming back on, and I was like, "Okay, well, if I'm having Adam back on, I better tell John." And uh, he was like, "Let's do this." Oh, next, he, he was like, "Let's do this thing. in the yeah. next few weeks." Mm-hmm. All right, I get it. I get it. Well, you, I think you're the only interview he's done in the past ten years. <laughs> I twice. still had. Twice. I still had a bit of a wish. I was like, is there any chance we can get them both on together? Like that would be kind not of gonna happen. to happen. Never, thought, you know, never it's just gonna not going to happen. So. No, we, we don't do that. We don't do interviews together. No, I figured that. The interesting but, this know. time was we got Dvorak to do video because the first time we had him on, he was like, nah, I ain't doing video now. So this time he was just like, I saw whatever. that. I saw that. That was pretty spectacular. I mean, I haven't seen him um, except on a picture and your video in – Seven years, maybe six, seven years. <laughs> he looks great for his age. Yeah, he's not that old. I think he, he looks hardened. President. He looks hardened. Like he had he his, like his I wouldn't rough want to look like him in an alley. You know, like he looks hey, like dude, he he's got his hair. Anyone over anyone anyone over seventy who has their hair and who can do a show twice a week and be on the ball is uh, quite amazing to me. In fact, we were talking the other day. We talked some, like for about half an hour after the show while I'm doing the post-production. That's the only time we're kind of freewheeling it um, together without it being on the air. And um, and I think we both agreed that if, if it weren't for the show, he'd probably be dead. He would, <laughs> he, would just, he would just fall down. He said, yeah, you're right. I think I'm, I'm spry and awake because of the show. He said, I, me too. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be 60 this year, so... It's like this keeps me this keeps me awake and going and involved and excited and alive and I'm digging it, man. I love well, it. I love it a lot. It's like a job you show you have too, because you guys have a show where you have to be involved. You have to get, uh, you have to pay attention to everything, collate it, present it in a in a in a good manner. I mean, you can't just sort of you know sleep through that. Those you can't dudes are working a factory all their lives that can't retire because they retire and they fucking die. I mean, if you can't die in the golf course. Yeah. Now imagine if it's a job, you actually love it. You know, you're loving it. That's gotta be, if you quit doing it, you'll be in real trouble. That's like, it's the hobby and the work and the, it becomes, um, you know, when you're this involved in it all, cause we got the show and the books and everything over here and it just, it's, it becomes, not a job anymore you know you're kind oh, no. of out, not working but you're also yeah. working 24 7 exactly you know it's like we're always doing stuff but it's not a job so every day i mean so i haven't done my emails today because i had to have lunch with a buddy and do some stuff and uh and i think it was 87 i got 87 in the inbox and that's after filtering so that's 87 real emails and i got to go through them all because if I don't, I'm going to miss that gem. There's always going to be some boots on the ground, some beautiful thing. Um, and, and that's pretty much constant. If you don't do it for a day, then tomorrow it's 200. And then you're like, oh, crap. Now I got to go and I got to find two or three hours to go through it all. And of course, people email me like, you've got to see this 45 minute video. Okay. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe what this guy says. Okay. Uh. 
So I think everybody kind of knows. I mean, our, the audience crossover between our two shows, especially on our side. I mean, you guys are huge. So, you know, you guys got a hundred X our audience or probably, a, you know, at least 40 X our audience already. So you're, you know, there's not as much crossover in your direction, but in our direction, it's like, you know, I would guess that like half of our listeners or a third of our listeners are listening to the, the no agenda show. But for those of us who don't, and I don't want to narrow this down to no agenda because I still think like John, um, your biggest contribution to mankind is going to, I mean, if not the podcast already, because I go back and forth on whether it's you and jobs, because you brought the podcast forward, but then jobs, you know, if he doesn't make that first thing where he throws it all together on Apple, and I'd like to hear your take on this. You might agree or disagree, but that whole thing in the beginning of throwing them all into the same ecosystem, I feel like is paramount for where we are today because it could have almost been like you could have drawn a line in the sand there at Apple at that time that could have maybe at least held it back. But so I always feel like him putting all of the content, whether it was amateur or professional or or network or whatever it was, it's all going in the same box and whatever floats to the top floats to the top between that. And now this whole podcasting and podcasting 2.0 to a greater extent. I mean, those could be two of the greatest things for free speech in the history of, you know, bigger than the printing press. It's bigger than the printing press. <laughs> wow. I appreciate that. Um, well, RSS uh, and RSS delivered media is obviously here to stay. Um, it's It's been around for 25 years, um, uh, and there's a lot of history we can talk about, but uh, I kind of came into it in year four or five and said, hey, we can do this, uh, make this a uh, I basically I said add a add an attachment like an email so we can put an MP3 file in there and then you know this thing that is called an iPod which everyone saw as a a digital Walkman I'm dating myself but you know digital jukebox um, we could turn that into a radio receiver and in, in, I mean inherently it was a Mac thing I developed the 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 app the first Apple script on the Mac but you know when Jobs called me and said you know do you have some time to talk. Which, first of all, is like, what? I mean, I've interviewed some people. I've had meetings with some interesting people. But Steve Jobs, you know, at the height of his game, just before the iPhone, um, but with the iPod was just, you know, it was running rampant. He had changed the music business, not necessarily I mean, in a good way, yes, but also not in a good way because he unbundled the album and turned stuff into tracks, which I think is, you know, had really ruined a, a beautiful product, which was already in ruins, I guess. Um, but for him to want to talk to me and, you know, he understood that when I saw the iPod, I saw what my grandmother had given to me when I was six years old, which was this little Sony, you know, transistor radio, AM only, solid state, nine volt battery in a handsome carrying leatherette case. And, um, and, he, and I, that was a radio. So I saw the iPod, I saw a radio and he said, Adam, I want to build radios for you. Wow. Okay. So he totally saw the vision. And then he, but he also understood the problem we were having is because of the distributed nature of podcasting to subscribe, which already was a problem because people were like mere mortals were going subscribe. Does that cost money? Is it like a magazine subscription? Um, we had no way to do a singular click and you're subscribed. We literally had to tell people, go to my website. Most people don't remember this. Go to my website. Find the little RSS orange icon, right-click on it, select copy link 
then go back to your podcasting application because we didn't have apps. It was on your computer. Uh, go to subscribe, paste that URL in, and then voila, you're done. You know, so that's a far cry from what it is today. And he knew that if you built the directory, now I had a directory going, but I didn't have any of the, it was just a directory. I didn't actually even see the, um, uh, I didn't see the benefit. I, I, I hadn't seen all the way through it, but he had all the pieces. So then we got the little uh, iTunes icon for podcasts and you clicked on that and it automatically subscribed you. Didn't matter if you're on, uh, on a Mac or on Windows and that's how you, you know, then you synced up your iPod to your machine. And that was, I mean, that was part of what made it so fantastic. Now, when they launched with podcasting, the front page was all NPR, BBC, PBS. There was no Dawn and Drew. There was no rock and roll geek show. Uh, yeah, they put me on the top. Very, very kind, of course. Um, but I haven't been on the front of, you know, of, of Apple's podcast uh, uh, stuff for you know a decade probably at this point. Nor do I expect it to be. So they were really seeing it as you know a, as a real way to uh, put quality programming out there. But yes, anything else was possible. And if it wasn't in their directory, you could add it. You could or you could add it manually on your phone. Which uh, so that part I mean is the it is indestructible. RSS is like Bitcoin to me. In fact, the combination of RNS, RSS and Bitcoin is, is, is like a, uh, a match made in heaven. Um, because even Spotify came along and said, hey, we're going to own this. You know, and they spent a billion dollars and failed. And now Joe Rogan is back on all of the open podcast apps. Um, and what, what Apple did, you know, this, it's, there's no revenue for Apple. It's, not, it's unimportant. And they'd been good stewards of podcasting. They just let it go and let all the independent app developers talk to their database. But when they started deplatforming people and, and messing around with the API and delivering different results, that's when I literally said, hey, hey, hold on a second. There's a danger here. Um, because when you take it off of Apple, then all these independent apps lost it as well. And by the way, Joe Rogan left and he left all apps. And so how do we make it better for the next Joe Rogan? And that's when Podcasting 2.0 came into play. And if anyone wants to know about that, we have a new website. It's podcasting2.org. It's genius. Oh, Podcast. that is good. Yeah. That, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I didn't come up with going, that. Before you keep going, do you think, do you think, uh, do you think he's rolling over in his Graham's jobs? Do you think he would have let this happen? What's happening now? I mean, I don't know the guy. You just get all the quotes and everything. You sat in a room with him. Do you think he would allow this deplatforming stuff to happen? What Apple's turned into? Oh, uh, that's hard to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, he, I met Steve Jobs that wanted something from me, which people say is very different from the one that, you know, controlled you. Um, and he didn't really have to ask me for anything. He didn't need my permission, but he wanted my blessing, which I was very flattered by. Um, so I, I really don't know. I mean, I think that he, I mean, Apple, you can still subscribe to anything you want. Um Look, but Steve Jobs didn't even want the iPhone. The iPhone was supposed to be like the uh, iPod Touch. And when I met him, he was very mad at the time because he wanted it all to work on Wi-Fi. He did not want cell phone companies involved in the product. He wanted it all to be on Wi-Fi, and everybody would be sharing their Wi-Fi or that have Wi-Fi networks you could subscribe to. And I remember distinctly he was yelling at somebody before we kind of started our 
our meeting because, ah, they, they effed up Wi-Fi and they screwed it all up and this is going to ruin everything. That was always his idea is, is not to have anyone really in control of anything. So perhaps, I mean, I don't know, but it really doesn't matter because, um, what, uh, what, what had happened is because there's, it's not a, a revenue item for Apple. Uh, there was the, the development was stagnant. There was no hosting company. There's thousands of hosting companies. There's another beauty of podcasting. Um, and you can host it yourself. You don't need a hosting company. Um, th- there was no reason for them to add any features into an RSS feed because the biggest app, Apple, wouldn't support it. You know, you, you, it, you kind of need both at the same time. So if we're going to do transcripts, then the app side also has to understand transcripts. You're going to do a payment mechanism like value for value, then the other side needs to receive it or chapters or location tag or get all these different features. And so what we said, Dave Jones and I is like, we'll just start it ourselves. We'll just do an index. I mean, we literally set up for, I think two and a half, maybe three months. We were, we had 10 or maybe at one point, 15 little servers, little $5 a month servers slowly sucking down the entire Apple database. <laughs> so we had everything that they had. We didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to appear on their radar as someone scrape, scraping their database. So we went really slowly. We looked like we just, you know, just apps, just kind of drawing stuff in. And it took two and a half, three months. And then we had everything. And they're like, all right, we're just going to make this resource available for free to developers. And uh, so they can uh, develop uh, uh, their own apps. and you know, we'll, we'll have our own feed and we'll come up with features and we'll add these features. And then maybe we can convince one or two hosting companies to add them. And we did. And, you know, it literally almost the same way that we did in the original days of podcasting. We started a podcast only this time. It wasn't the daily source code. It was the podcasting 2.0 podcast. Talk about the developers, talk about the development. Um, there's only 4,000 people that listen to that show, maybe five sometimes. And, and we'll run the whole thing value for value. So if people really want this, this resource to exist, they'll send us uh, money or time, talent, treasure, you know, whatever it is that we need. And, uh, and, and, uh, and we'll build it up. And it worked. It's now been you know, three and a half years, I think. And um, if we both fall over tomorrow, uh, the, the, the payments will keep going automatically for <laughs> another three years. So if, as long as nothing breaks in the system, it'll just keep running without us, you know, and, and that, that was, and, and you can download the whole database. You could, you know, it's all open source. You could set up the whole thing, uh, in tandem and shadow tomorrow somewhere else. So, um, you know, this is a legacy project. This is, this is something that is for your kids, (laughs) for them to still uh, be able to have a true avenue for free speech. It has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with, you know, with um, what I call the podcast industrial complex is just about a way anybody can create a podcast, you know, host it somewhere, put it up on podcast index and, you know, 65 apps and services connect with that. There's 15 mature apps um, and uh, you can get your message out to whoever you want to. It's interesting to think that like my, my great, great grandkids could possibly be listening to this podcast. And just be like, man, he was a psycho. Um, so I got two like inside baseball questions before we start to move in. One is like the how many po- there's going to be how many podcasts are there? 
And the other is because I used to listen to the, I try to listen to podcasts in 2.0. I listen now and again, but it's like, it's a little too inside baseball for me. Even I can't keep up. Yeah. It's um, not for you. Yeah. And, but I'd used to listen to the Libsyn one, which was like Rob Walsh and uh, whoever yeah. else over at Libsyn used to do it when we were first starting up. I'm trying to learn the ins and outs of what the best ways, the best practices. That would have been 10 years ago, even now. So he, they always said that, well, yeah, there's all these podcasts, but none of them get past episode seven. That seems to be the magic number. And at that night, it was a crazy number. It was something like nine out of 10 podcasts never get past episode seven. Do you have any way of seeing that data? And is there like a, an actual number that most of these, these shows don't get past? Um, that's probably a, a, a statistic that's correct. But I think more importantly, if you go to podcastindex.org slash stats, <clears throat> you'll see now we we try to call all the crap out of our index. Um, and for instance, uh, the Spotify used to be called Anchor, Spotify for podcasters. Now, I mean, you can literally make a podcast and there's a lot of them with, you know, five seconds of audio going test, test, and that's it. And that counts as a podcast. So we we take that out. Uh, total in a podcast in the index, 4,110,059. Here's the important number. In the last 90 days, uh, only 448,494 have published a new episode. So, you know, for me, it's like if you haven't published something in 90 days, then you're either an evergreen, it's a, you know, it's a, maybe it's a spoken word book or something, but it's not an episodic program. And in the last 30 days, we're at, oh, magic number, 333-226. So really the universe, and that's global. So the universe is is really much smaller than you think. It sounds like there's a lot of podcasts out there, um, but the frequency that they're updating is really, you know, it's a tenth of that uh, over 90 days. So um, it's I think it's actually smaller than most people expect. Yeah, that's kind of what I figure. So it's like one in 10 right where they put it and then yeah. and then you got to think that there's like a large percentage of those shows that are in there right now that are somewhere in there in there you know that aren't going to make it past that could probably take it down another few a few points but i guess could be. could be is it growing i don't care i mean that's that's the bottom line i don't care i don't care if it grows i don't care if it shrinks i don't care who's number one i don't care who the biggest is it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Right now, you are the biggest podcast in Canada for me. You know, there may be 10 others that are bigger than you. I don't know them. I don't care. That's the system. We don't live in the world anymore of limited networking. You know, it just doesn't matter who's number one overall. Joe Rogan's number one, but he's only 4% of all podcasts, really, of all, of all downloads, if that even. So it doesn't really matter. It's like, I want to be the number one podcast of people who are interested in no agenda-like material. And I think we are. Um, and what we've done and what you have uh, picked up on is we figured out more or less how we can get that community to support us to keep doing it. And in this case, it's a lot of work. We do twice a show, twice a week. It's six, seven hours a week. It's a full-time gig we've been able to support ourselves for 16 years throughout that whole sequence. I do other podcasts that don't support it at all, um, but they make me feel good about what I'm doing. I get valued. You know, I don't feel like I'm living in a vacuum and just doing stuff just to do it. Um, and I guess if I focus on just one of those, maybe I could make that 
something I could do full time as well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's growing. It doesn't matter if it's if it's shrinking. It's just it, it is what it is. It'll be maybe there's only ten thousand shows that really, that people really listen to. I mean, it, it, just because you put out a new episode doesn't mean that a lot of people yeah, are listening. To it. Yeah, yes, but it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter to me. And it shouldn't matter to anybody. It's about free speech. It's like in the UK, they still have speaker's corner. You stand on a box and uh, you can say whatever you want to say, although I doubt that's true these days. And, uh, you know, so who's going to listen? The people who are right there. And it's free speech. Free speech, you know, comes with what it comes with. It doesn't mean that you're broadcasting all over the country. Uh, it's a it's a weird shift that we have to make, and it's going to take a long time before people really finally realize that it just doesn't matter. You know, do you think it's saturated to the point where the this whole sort of all the normal people that maybe don't listen to podcasts yet, they're on their platforms, whether it's Facebook or X or or uh, even YouTube or Rumble. I mean, are, is there a, is there a I know there's a big shift sort of in in these platforms. Do you think we're at the point where there's a saturation where people aren't going to find podcasting? Is it too like obscure for them to to go in to and find you know find an app, get an app, download it? I mean, what do you, what do you I, think about the difference between the platforms? I think there's room for four million podcasts. I mean, but they're they're going to be small. Um, the platforms are poison. That's the stuff that that is is killing everybody. I mean, social media is societal collapse. It's literally crap. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. Uh, the way it's set up is just not good. I mean, uh, I, I hear more and more um, younger generations talking about going back to blogs. It's like, you know, we don't want the, com- the constant commenting. That, it's, it's noise. It's not very useful. In fact, I argue the opposite, that it's only now being used for propagandistic purposes. That's really all that it's good for now. And a podcast, it, just, it has a very limited interaction, very good interaction with high signal to noise, which is you know direct feedback to the people who are making the podcast. And with 2.0, now you can send a boostergram directly and you, know, it, you attach value to it. So it, it, you better believe it gets read and you can even reply to some of them now. Um, that's, that's a very, and you know, my, my concept is have the audience produce the show, have them be a part of the show, time, talent, treasure, you know, have the, give them an invested interest, even if it's just sending in, you know, the expertise or whatever it is. I like stuff that, that functions that way. Um, that I think as podcasts develop, they will continue that the, um, the, the audience will be the people doing the show. It won't, it won't even be more than that. Maybe. It's a whole different animal um, and it goes way beyond what social media is because you literally named, you know, all social media companies. And I'm going to include Rumble there because people go there and get hooked into a timeline and they subscribe to stuff. And to me, that's all just another more avenues to spin you up and prop you full of propaganda. Yeah. What are some other features for 2.0 that are different from the original one? Like you mentioned, uh, some of the payment methods in there. Can, can we get into some of that? A little bit of the details of that? Yeah. The main one is for me is the value for value. And the idea was, you know, as you guys know, value for value, the pitch is simple. If you get any value from this program, send it back in time, talent, or treasure. So you can 
promote us. You can set up a server and run it for us. You can, there's all kinds of stuff you can do, do artwork, or please send us money because we need that too. That's the treasure of the time, talent, and treasure. Um, and that has a feedback loop where it works best if you thank people uh, for their contribution and usually a little note. And that sometimes, if done properly, can turn into content. So we just put that into the app and we just made it so that your app is actually a wallet and you can sit the minute you hit play, you're sending value back and you can determine as a listener, whatever that is, zero or maybe a dollar an hour just to make it simple. And so you hit play, you're receiving value through ones and zeros in MP3 form into your ears. You're sending back ones and zeros in the form of monetary value. In that case, one sixtieth of that dollar goes every minute directly to the podcaster. There's no one in the middle. The podcaster can split that up into multiple uh, payments. So the two of you, you might do forty percent each and hand off, you know, ten percent to your moms, whatever who who paid for your education. <laughs> who, who, Rehab <laughs> resulted, resulted in this fine career you've created for yourself. Um, and uh, and yeah, and there's also little bits and pieces in there for the app developers. We you know they never were in that value flow, uh, but it's frictionless because you know you can do that automatically. You don't have to think about it. It's just sending it off. You can change it uh, per podcast. You can send an extra payment by hitting a boost button or add a little message. It's called a boostagram, and it's you know we were able to do that with programmable money, which we did through um, you know, the Lightning Network, which uses Bitcoin. Uh, it sounds super scary, but you know, Bitcoin is now officially a, a monetary unit. Unit you can buy it on uh, on the um, on the American stock exchanges in the form of ETFs. So, you know, it's real money now, um, and uh, you know, it, it's it's complete freedom because there's no one in the middle. It's between you and the people and the podcaster. You're sending it directly to them. There's no bank in the middle. There's no atom in the middle. There's no no one to. You know, no settlement later. It it comes in right away, um, and so that's you know, uh, I love showing this as an example. So, um, let me show you. It's all really small. It's micro payments, real micro payments. One of the big promises we got, but no one ever delivered on. So we're kind of proud that we delivered on that. So let me see. It should work eventually. So there you go. There's a payment, yeah. and that was what one satoshi. So you'll see. Uh, I see yeah, a lot of yeah, reflection. Yeah, There's another yeah, one. Comment, yeah, that's a yeah. five sat. So these are little, it's not even a penny. Um, so this is 24 hours a day. That means that somebody's listening somewhere. Someone cared about what we did and the little payment comes in. Now, yeah, there's another one. So that just goes, that, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. that's, not, that's not some download number that you don't know if it's a bot or whatever. There's another one. That's an actual human who's listening and cares enough to send just a little bit of value back to what we're doing. That to me is, that's, that's the, big, the big feature right there. Outside of that, we built, um, well, the first one was transcripts. So um, it's quite handy to have a transcript that you can not only, you know, if you're hard of hearing, it's handy, but you can also search it. So you can go to, you know, the No Agenda Show and any of the modern podcast apps, and you can hit search in the transcript. And where was that in the show? Boom, you'll find it. We have chapters. Can uh, you timestamp that too? It's all timestamp, brother. It's all oh, timestamp. Yeah, oh, yeah. Even these payments that are coming in, they're also timestamped. So I can go back later 
and I can see if someone sent me a boostergram that said, oh, I love this, I can see exactly where it is, where it was that they sent that, without even knowing who the person is, by the way. It's all anonymous. You could also um, see if there's like a bunch of boosts at one point. If so, if yeah, you're getting it, like, you exactly. know, the content that the audience is engaging with higher than others. Exactly. You got it. You got it. So it's all that kind of stuff. Um, now, after three years, it was kind of a nice um, uh, validation. Apple actually added transcripts to their app, which, you know, so they hadn't added anything in over 10 years, 14 years, 15 years. And then um, they could have easily, like Spotify, said, oh, we're doing transcripts. We're doing it this way. But they didn't. They did it our way. So I was, I was nice and validating and showed that, uh, that they're also not dicks, you know, that, that, they, that they really want to, uh, you know, again, there's no revenue line for them. Um, so it kind of validated what we've been doing. And we have 25 uh, features. I can't even remember all of them, but right down to geolocation, you know, uh, who's live. on the show. Live. I'm sorry. Live. Live. Oh, yeah. Live. Yeah, absolutely. What we call lit. Yeah. Live with and also with live boosts. Um, uh, we just formalized chat. So it's all working. But now, you know, that'll be a formal uh, a formal feature. And, it's, and also we have this thing called pod ping which is, uh, that's a true development all by itself. Um, the, if you're using a modern podcast app, 90 seconds after the show publishes, you get the alert. So there's no longer waiting for an hour for Apple to update or some other app. It just, it, it's within 90 seconds, under 90 seconds. That's the kind of stuff that I think is cool. Also, it, it removes this constant polling. You know, so if you if you have a chance to ever look at it, you know, Apple is trying to check your feed every five minutes, maybe every 15 minutes. It's all, and it's doing that for millions of feeds. It's very wasteful resource. It's just wasteful energy. Now you can just say, Oh, bing, this one updated. Okay. Let, let everybody who's, uh, who subscribed to that podcast, let them know it updated. And that goes really, really quick. So it's little small things like that. I and mean, when we started this, we had no idea before, you know, it, we had 150 developers. Just all with ideas. Everybody has other jobs, you know. <laughs> I don't think many people are really uh, developing and living off of their apps. They'd like to, and it's growing. Um, and they all get value in the value chain of the Value for Value podcast, which you guys should be on that. I'm a little. I'm a little. Uh, We're on it. We're on it. We have three hundred thousand Hoshis. I didn't see it in my app. It didn't show up as uh, as boostable. I, yeah, we. I even get boosts sometimes. I get uh, so we're under. How would I know? So, so as far as I'm just in the Telegram. I get I get messages. Somebody. Oh, must have been you're, you're on Satoshi Stream. That must. Oh, I see. Been. I see. Oh, the Grimerica Show 2.0. Is that where I find it? Is that why? Yeah, that's the one we redid. That was so. This uh, is the one. Okay. Because oh. we were following in your guys' sort of footsteps with everything, the value for value. And then we started getting canceled all over the place. It was, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it show up as, um, as, as boostable in my app. There's something weird about it. Interesting. Uh, that's what I don't get. Let me see. I'm going to try different. Maybe I'm crazy. Anyway, we should talk about it because I want to make sure that it works for you guys. Yeah, yeah, I want to make sure that's working too, because I know we have like three hundred thousand satoshis. I don't think that's a lot, but you know, it's something. How long have you been? At, do you think you've been a part of it? Two years, probably since. So we switched everything to self-hosted 
probably in 2020, I would say at the beginning of 2020, when we started getting canceled for some places and started panicking. Okay. So I have Grimerica show. Actually, have, it might've been 2022, I think, or 2021 maybe. Cause it looks like you have a couple of different feeds. Yeah, we have two because what happened is we had the Libsyn feed with a bunch of people listening already, and we uh-huh. weren't not sure how to go about this and switch. So we not, then we we just downloaded and re-uploaded everything onto our own servers so that we didn't have to worry about Libsyn shutting us off if Spotify buys them one day. Are you um, is Libsyn is the Libsyn feed redirecting? Do you know, know that? Okay, so the. The original Grimerica show feed. Let me see where this is coming from. Um, that one seems to be value for value, but the Grimerica 2.0 does not. Interesting. So that's the one that I set up myself, which would make right, sense. Right, I don't really know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> well, we'll have to look at this. I mean, we can fix it all. We can fix it. There's, there's way too many versions of your show. We can fix all that too. Yeah. All right. We'll fix that because you should you should be you should be doing better than that. I think. Yeah. Well, well you. dude, we just finally caught on to the thanking people, and it seems well. Like well, you're in Canada. Well, so. we thought about it a couple of years back. I mean, we did think about it. We just didn't. We didn't implement. Well, it. you got to you got to turn it into content. I mean, this is <clears throat> this is what makes it fun. Yeah, and then you get your people who send you the same types of donations and. And you can do it at the end of the show, you know, the people who are going to listen to it are going to listen to it anyway. Um, and it really does help. Did you notice a difference when you started thanking people that more yeah. people start sending oh, we in did, donations? We literally started after we had John on again this time. He brought it up. You got to thank people. Otherwise, you know, you got to, there's this, because we were talking about how it works. And he's like, well, it turns out if you mention it, you know, it encourages this and that. So we're like, all right. So we just, we're literally in the middle of still rolling this out. There's probably a bunch of people that don't listen to the intro that don't even know yet. Because we have yeah. a bunch of intro skippers because of the nature of our. Well, why do it? Why do it at the intro? Why not do it at the end? Yeah, we could. But I don't know if they listen to the end. Either. No, but, no, but you're missing the point. You, you mentioned during the show, we're value for value. And then when you do the value for value, thank yous. The people who are going to listen are the ones who sent you some 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 value so they're going to listen for sure and you got to put some other content in there i mean we always have a clip that you wouldn't hear otherwise or you know we, we, there's a lot more joking going on um but you have to mention in the just somewhere hey we're value for value we'll be thanking people later on the you know and and if and you know what people you're only going to get max three percent of the people who support you anyway uh, but they'll listen. But if it's at the beginning, yeah, you get beginning skippers. And by the way, those people, they die sooner. I think so, too. You know, I got to <laughs> say, it probably we, we weren't making a lot on that show. So it'll probably, it looks like it, as it plays out, I could double our income just by doing this mentioning. I think part of it, I mean, it took us forever to get to the point of being able to ask for money, which is something we talked with John about. He was like, well, you mm-hmm. got to get over that. You got to ask him. And you yeah. Thank him. And I think part of it was like, you know, we're already copying you guys a lot. So now if we start, you know, we're trying not to copy you guys exactly. Why not? Why not? It works. It's a winning formula. It's a winning formula. It does seem to be a big part of it is the thanking and mentioning because people are really starting to engage with that pretty quickly. They love that. Yeah. And then they'll start sending special amounts, which are, 
you know, you can say, hey, it's going to be March 14. It's going to be 314 Pi Day. Or do you do 14.3 in Canada? I don't remember. <laughs> um, it's going to be Pi Day. And people will send you, you know, some people will send you $3.14. Some will send you 31.40. Some will send you 314. I guarantee it. Because people love that. They, they want to support you. They always want a reason to do so. And you and numerology is a huge one. What kind of hardware you got in the back right there, brother? Was that isn't that AK forty seven on the right? No, I'm not allowed to have AK forty sevens or AR fifteens in Canada. So that's my one's an SKS and one is a one eighty WC, which is about mm-hmm. as close as I can get to an AR in Canada. It was basically the same thing, isn't it? Basically the same thing. The only yeah. problem is the actions on the left. That AR with the action straight back, so you can do it all with your trigger finger. Yeah. It makes a bigger difference than you think when you start huh. when you start doing like, you know, I play around. So I'm doing actual things where I'm walking around and people would say I'm a dork probably. But you know, if I mm-hmm. ever get my house attacked by a bunch of people, I'm gonna be fine. No, but tell you, you notice big time on your clip switches and stuff like that. If it locks back automatically when you're done dumping your mag, you're fine. But on the rare opportunity that you have to re cock your hammer. It yeah, makes a big difference. Same hand instead of having to yeah. switch everything around. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I'm even just here at the at the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I got. I've always got something ready. Better believe it. I'm not. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Exactly. You don't take any risks. You nuts. Graham, that, Graham's never- going to throw the throw a book at you. No, yeah, exactly. I got, I got, I got a bow and arrow in the garage, maybe. And uh, oh, oh, yeah, maybe it's in, handy, you know, very handy. A, sli- a sling or a, a, a hockey stick. Someone hockey comes stick. busting into my studio. Like, I'm gonna be all right. Boom, boom. I'm, <laughs> who knows what's going on? Well, I don't especially know. with all these swats lately. I mean, you know, well, swatted. I, I get sure, swatted, I I'm sure, ho- sure hope I don't get swatted and then actually shoot, discharge my weapon. That would be a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. I have, I mean, I've only got a couple on camera. This is my gun room too. So it's like, I only get one room in the house. I still have a bunch of kids that are young. You know, my kids, my daughters are 10, 11, and 12. So I am. Oh, God bless you, man. God bless you. You're the future. Into this corner. And I had to get my own separate Starlink because it's the only way the internet will work for me all the time. And this is where I have everything. My 3D printing, my guns, my day job, all of it. Other stuff. So if they ever come in this room, they're going to think, I mean, Graham and I joke about how it'll be because <laughs> I live on an acreage. So it'll be the compound and then arsenal. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. An arsenal. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Large cache of weapons. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Anyone who doesn't like use guns doesn't understand that. Well, yeah, you need a bunch of different calibers. They all do different things. And then you need a bunch of bullets because, dude, I'm rocking bullets in my my hunting rifle. That people said I was crazy when I stocked up, you know, two and a half years ago. I just, I was like, fucking buy a thousand of them. I think I bought 500. And now, I mean, I can still get them. At the time, I was worried that they're going to cut off my access to them. But the yeah. real problem is if a war actual breaks out, it's all going to tr- trickle down. And dude, the bullets that I'm shooting now are one third the price of what you can buy in the store today because the ammo has skyrocketed up here so fast. It's literally yeah. 250% what it cost two years ago. What do you pay for a, for like a, like a box of, uh, yeah, two, three twos. Uh, about a buck around. Yes. Yeah, the same here. Although yeah. that's really 20 cents. <laughs> you guys yeah yeah it's it's cheaper in that regard because 223 is not a super popular round here that's like 
it's not popular for us because they ban the AR and all that. I mean, mm. people see my 180 and everyone wants to know what it is because most people in Canada, even gun people, don't realize that they ban the AR on import. But what they can't do is there's a bunch of Canadian companies, Kodiak's one of them, Sterling Arms is another, and there's one more. So there's three Canadian companies in Canada that are making assault rifle assault rifles, mm. which is basically just you know a black hunting rifle. With military the, style know. weapons. That's he had right. a cache of military style weapons. <laughs> That's right. He had 3D printing for ghost guns. Yeah. 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 Graham, do you have kids? No, I don't. No. Right. No, I missed making- out. I mean, I do regret it. Honestly, I do regret it now. Wow. I mean, just mm-hmm. uh, I missed out, and uh, you know, I am going through that sort of period where I wish I would have had a family myself. But mm. my girlfriend has older kids, like twenty. They're twenty five and twenty eight, twenty seven. I think. So. Okay, so you got some kids that you're you're responsible for somehow. <laughs> just unfortunately, <laughs> they're on your payroll. They're on your exactly. payroll, bro. Tell me about it. No, I know. <laughs> So I have three girls with two two stepdaughters and one daughter, and but none of them are having kids yet. I'm like, you know, this is how we lose to the communists. I know that's that's one of the reasons why I regret it. I mean, I really would like to. I'm almost I'm like have a- jacking mine up on having kids. I was like, that's the one thing I care about. I don't care what you do with your life as long as you give me some grandkids. Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm I'm ready to put like a small BMW on it. You know, it's like, hey, first one, first one wins the car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want to warm up for that because I was like, I mean, honestly, we were just talking about breakfast over. We we still go back and forth about having having another one because me and my wife don't. I mean, she's a big fan of the show, big fan. So she she'll want me to say that she's a big fan. She's a douchebag. Yeah, her in the mouth. (laughs) But we both listen. We rarely get to listen together, but we always like know the jokes. You know, we're both a regular listener now, and I'm a regular listener. So. Well, you know, the people that know agenda together stay together. This is a this is science. <laughs> My kids have been listening to the show for basically their entire lives. So they I mean yeah. it's it's neat to come back because you mentioned A, they don't do a lot of the social media. They do Snapchat. Snapchat mm-hmm. seems to be a big one for them. Yeah. And TikTok, but even that seems to be wearing off. And even the TikTok, it's never like their actual it's not like the social part of it where it's your stuff. It's always like some Someone else's edit yeah. they're making or something they're doing, which I think is a step in the right direction. And another one, I mean, this is going to sound low brow, but it does really give me almost more hope in the future than anything else is they're making gay jokes again. And, you know, I mean, that's more important than some people think because we had to give all that shit up thinking it was yeah. just the right thing to do when know, i when i was a kid we couldn't make gay jokes anymore yeah. well, i was kind of like the last generation that could and then and no 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 john c dvorak is still the only guy who still can yeah he, he still gets get away, away with it he can get away with a good gay joke but and i just shut my mouth and i was like you know it's the right thing to do until you know, my kids start coming home from school and they're like, oh yeah, so we learned about this today in school. And I was like, you learned about what the fuck? (laughs) To the point that I now have to start out every school year by going into the school first day, Mm -hmm. meet the teacher and be like, hey man, these are the types of conversations we have at home. And if this is coming up in your curriculum, then I need to know about it. I mean, luckily, I had come up when my daughter went into grade six. I went and had the chat with her teacher. And it turned out he was a fan of the show. So 
awesome. conversation went quite well. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. It looks like he'll get my youngest too, hopefully, when she goes into grade six in a couple of years. So what uh, do you think the future is bright for those young ones? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I mean, it's so easy to become very pessimistic and dark and um, it, things do have to get a little worse before they get better, but the pendulum always swings. And as I said, I'm already seeing the green shoots of hope, you know, it, although weird when I hear, you know, I just, you know, it seems like, look, we have some great opportunities. Uh, the cities are crap. That's, that's, that's what's really going to go downhill, I think, for the foreseeable future. Um, but with the types of, um, I, I, I'm hoping that we see more smaller communities outside the cities. It doesn't have to be far, but outside the city where um, people who want to can do remote work, um, but they can also start to build a community with a butcher, with a baker, you know, with a, you know, all these kind of older, older ideas of what communities need instead of a, a big box store with colorful packaging and, you know, wood-based food. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and, you know, and you can live in your tiny home with your Apple Vision Pro if you need to. Um, but I, I think that um, that that's it, it, it's almost inevitable. I mean, this is how history always go. It's centralized, decentralized. It's, you know, amass and then, you know, get rid of stuff. And, um, and the same with social media, you know, it's uh, now it's like, now we want to make our own blogs. Of course. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, you're doing HTML to create a blog. You know, we, we built systems for this a long time ago. You know, you can use these and, uh, and, you know, and, and there'll be different ways to communicate, but it's obvious to me that people are going back to smaller communities, maybe even throw a church in there. You know, it's like, uh, what would it hurt us to do that? Like it. My daughter just became the powwow princess for her school. So, uh, the what? The powwow princess? Yeah, because I'm an Indian. So, and, the, and she went. Oh, I forgot the, about that. Yes, you're a minority. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, I'm a yeah. clock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Clock. Colored person. Person of color. No, you can't say colored person because that's racist. So, you have to say person of color because that's. Don't you say BIPOC? I yeah, I, I don't think. I, just I don't say, think you're colored, Darren. I think you're. you're I'm you're not dark enough. I think you're no? just an Indian. I'm just an Indian. I prefer it that way. Yeah, aren't you just a North American Indian? I'm just a North American Indian. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. in a big way. Yeah, I've been uh, assimilated into Western culture. Yeah. Do you, now? Can you get extra payments? Can you get money for that? Can you get some? I can't uh, get any money, but I do. <laughs> I, I like do sidestep a lot of taxes. Um, really. <laughs> Yeah, well, so we have like a rule. I do pay a lot of taxes too because uh, I can't find a way to get out of payroll tax. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I've written a couple books too about the government versus Indians. So oh man, you're you're riding high now. Yeah, well, not really. There's really no money in books. John's right. I got to the point too. I just give them away for free too. My books are free at a CanadianShame.ca. You can get them there free in audio or in video. Or there's links there to where you can buy them too if you if you want to do that. But I ended up doing all this research on the Indian condition in Canada and you know which Indians have to pay taxes and which don't. And so I just like I'm prepared to face the federal government in court on its definition of a reservation. Basically. Now can, can, can you 
Can you start a uh, casino on your property? Yeah, I think you can. Technically, Indians don't. Indians don't own any of their land in Canada. So the government owns it all. So it's this weird, like gray area. Mm. It's starting to shift in some places. And with these pussies in charge right now, I mean, I really think there's never a better time to fight them. I I mean, I'm I'm trying to get the Indians riled up is what I'm trying to do. I don't know who else. That's the minority I'm a part of because the white people don't seem interested in telling the government to go fuck itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Graham, what's up with that? What's up, Graham? <laughs> I think I'm, I'm telling. I'm trying to get Darren to open up. I'm trying to get Darren to get open up an NGO or a, a charity. So you know, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. like against against the alt right, you know. But really, get some, like, get some grants going, man. Well, it works well. Going. It gives me a lot of. Uh, you know, I could just say crazy shit sometimes on that other people can't get away with. And when they start freaking sure. out, I just like send them a picture of my treaty card, and then they're just like, "Oh, they don't know oh what did do. I like, offend you? I'm so sorry." Like, <laughs> programming almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just great. Just saying yeah, the word Indian triggers most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have to oh, show them I'm my card. sorry for stealing your land. Do we? Have, we should. We should have done a prayer before we started the show. <laughs> Dude, We're sorry for me. doing. Sorry for doing one third of the show on stolen land. Now, here's the thing. If you cocksuckers aren't just going to give us the reserves, at least, <laughs> at least give us the land they're living. Just yeah. let them have right? that. Yeah. Otherwise, I agree. shut the fuck up about your Treaty 7 bullshit. I live you on- can count on me, man. I'm all for it. I'll be right there. Like, give that Indian his land. Yeah, it's this weird system, right? Why, why should the king own the land that the Indians are living on now? Right, it's held in trust. They don't. If, trust they, if they're serious, if they're serious about all the woke stuff, they should. Exactly. 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 It's just that's why it's just virtue signaling. Like, and that'd crap, be like yeah. that's a small concession they can make that nobody else in the country would even notice. And the and and what I love the most with you two guys, but now I'm fortunate to be a part of it. We can just talk like dudes and just crack jokes about it, and that's how life used to be. It used to be you could make jokes about your crippled buddy you know in front of his face right and it was just, <laughs> and it was just a good time and and we were all just buds and we were dudes and you could do like and, and by the way you gay gay buddy of ours you know you could say stop stop being gay or whatever it didn't matter it was funny it was funny and it was all cool and there was no issue until it all had to be all so sensitive we were just talking my about that exactly miles shout out to miles that's what i do all my hunting with and Ian, shout out to Ian in the troll room. He's right. Hunting rights is the biggest benefit of being an Indian in Canada, especially in Alberta. So they just have the state has no jurisdiction over me and my hunting. I get to hunt. When hey, I want oh, there's, when I want. oh, there's the chat room. I see the chat. I didn't even see the chat room. Hello, chat. Hello, chat room. The troll count. We don't get a lot of trolls. Troll. Like oh, you got you got trolls. Oh, you call them trolls? No, we don't. There's no, somebody's we... just been in there no. at the exact time you went to the chat, asking if it's the troll room. I you love how you because it's like a take on the control room and the trolls. It's it's the perfect name for it. Um, yeah, I do a, have a, I do have a question. Speaking of trolls in the chat, count. troll count Sorry. from what from Daz from from Dasmo, and it kind of blends into the, one of the big questions I had for you today is he's asking about um, you know do you feel a shift in the alt stream going more mainstream and how did it affect your career and personal going from mainstream to alt stream? But the second half. Don't worry so much about that, but it leads me to ask you more about, you know, the Rogan Musk brand, Poole, Weinstein, Tucker Jones, this new narrative media, right? Like David Icke is calling it BAM, 
right? The mainstream alternative media, you know, mm. Paulie calls it, I think the new narrative network. I mean, what, what's your thought about how this alt stream is now becoming kind of mainstream? And it's interesting for somebody like you, because you, you know, you help develop podcasting and that's a, mm -hmm. that's, you know, everybody, all these shows that we're talking about, they call themselves podcasts, even though they might not be using the RSS feed. Most of them might be, but you know, even though they're on these platforms via video, but it's still like, it's still like uh, podcast is supporting this new, new alternative media perspective. Well, first of all, I want everyone to go to grimerica.ca slash support. I'm going there right now to uh, show my support for this podcast. It's a value for value podcast. Don't be a douchebag. Support these guys. <laughs> Second, uh, I yes, I've seen, I, I call them the info mavericks. And, <laughs> uh, and I think that they're in general, they're, Look, everyone out there in the alternative, and, and I think you know a podcast is 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 an RS with an RSS feed. Otherwise, you're 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 either being supported by some system that is allowing you to continue, and uh, you know, or you're an idiot because you're you're basically building your house on sand. You know, it can be pulled out from under you, and then oh boo hoo, I'm going to cry. They deplatform me. So, not having an RSS feed is stupid. Um. But I think that um, I've long felt that, look, I don't know about you guys, but I get emails from all kinds of interesting people and they tell me things and they invite me places. And I think that there's that, you know, we're um, what they what the intelligence calls trusted voices and we're trusted voices within our, our little audiences, our, our groups, and they're somewhere bigger than others. But it's very easy to, especially if you have guests, to have guests come on before an open mic and they can say whatever they want. So the, the example I see right now is Brett Weinstein is a good one. I don't think he's an agent of change or an, an, an asset in any particular way. But when he gets invited to go to the Darien Gap and then all of a sudden he's on Tucker and Rogan and talking about the Chinese invasion of military aged men, I'm like, that's a narrative. and. It's not that that is or isn't true. It, we're, it's a battlefield we're all being pushed toward. And that's what I take um, exception to. It's like, oh, go over here and yell about the military-aged men. And meanwhile, you know, in Congress, they're literally passing or they're trying to pass billions of dollars that will go to faith-based uh, refugee resettlement programs that are happening right. It's, it's right here in the United States. So, you know, it's, or go to Eagle Pass. Oh, everyone going to Eagle Pass, Texas. That's a stage. It's a literal theater of, you know, about half a mile wide. And you can come in over the border a mile down the road or a mile up the road, or the way it's actually happening is on the airplane. <laughs> you know, everything's theater. And so I'm very worried that people are so focused on being canceled, deplatformed, shadow banned, demonetized when the actual function of these networks and I'm talking about, you know, the social networks and Rumble and YouTube is propaganda. It's the it's the voices that are being amplified that you need to watch out for. Why are they amplified? Why why is Mike Benz, former State Department, with no seeming income stream from a real job, why is he out there telling me to only look at how the the censorship industrial complex? Yeah, boo-hoo. Okay. But but what are what are the people that are being heated up what are the people that are being shoved to the foreground what are their messages 
I think Robert Malone is a fine gentleman, but I, he's known to hang out with CIA people and they give him thoughts and ideas and he thinks he has inside info. And before you know it, he's developing narratives that focus everybody on one thing when, you know, it's like sleight of hand, like a magician. Look over here. And meanwhile, the trick is happening down there. That's what we have to be careful of. Yeah, so I that, unfollow that's what I'm seeing. A bunch of those sub stacks be for that exact reason is they seem to like, you know, I'm following a bunch of these that Robert Malone was one of them for seemingly different reasons. And then they're all talking about the exact same thing. It's like, what the Megan fuck? Megan Kelly, um, all these you, people? Guys, you guys are supposed to be all independent. You're a fucking vaccine guy. MRNA guy, supposedly the homesteading stuff I get because you're a homesteader, but why are, you know, I don't have any off the top of my head. Probably the border crisis would be one of them, but it's just kind of like from one alt-right or, you know, for lack of a better term, from one right talking point to the other, like they've become the new right in, in opposition to the uniparty almost. I, I, I like know. what, uh, I like what garden revelation said and writing that down mockingbird modernization. I like that. Yeah. Well, I have That's a hard time with right. the controlled op thing. I, everything's a psyop these days and I, I kind of, I have some <laughs> room for it, but but everything is a controlled up. I want to give a shout out to my my buddy AM Wake Up. He does like this morning show, Steve Poikin. And there's all kinds of people join him on this morning show. And he's calling it the controlled opportunity. And I kind of like that Ooh, a little bit more. I like it's that not, too. I'm writing all not, this down. It's homework it's, for me. Show prep. It's not, you know, it's not so much about an op, but these there is a controlled opportunity in this new narrative and people are kind of jumping into it. Because to me, like when you, when you, talked about that that guy who was on Tucker talking about the censorship industrial complex like that feels deep right it feels like he's he's uh he's he's calling out the CIA and all these intelligence agencies for getting involved way back when in the internet and all these things i mean that's like it's it's uh it's attractive to us you know to hear them acknowledge these deep conspiracies exactly. that we've been talking about for decades and and i can, i have a hard time imagining where the narrative would be without this controlled narrative, controlled opportunity like it doesn't seem like it would be any further ahead these guys are are they feel like they're speaking truth well, to power in a lot of ways here's the big one and i mean you know the guy personally like obviously joe rogan's a big one controlled op gets thrown around all the time I don't think you'd be going on a show if you thought that was the case, but he's not, he's not. And I've, I've mentioned hard, right. You just I, become the biggest show in the world and you're stuck with that responsibility in the but, way or, yeah. but he's not, he's not, but what he has is an open microphone. And so um, now I'm not, ex I've only been invited by Joe. Um, you know, the first time uh, was his booker in uh, Colorado somewhere, Matt. Gags, um, right? I, I don't know exactly how the booking process works other than as far as I know, it's only who Joe wants on the show. Um, but lots of people talk to Joe. I mean, there's hundreds of people that text him. Oh, he's a texter. He texts all the time. We text from time to time if I have something interesting to say. Um, and, you know, and so, you know, it, it to me, it's like, and I, I think that's what I told him. It's like, I see Robert Malone went on his show. And at the time, something that we were tracking was mass formation. And that's a theory by Professor Matthias de Smet from Belgium. And I read his theory in the original Flemish. You know, I speak the language. And uh, then Malone, and it was catching steam and it was really explaining, and, and, and it's based upon sound psychological um, uh, theory, theorem that explains why people were freaking out over people not having a mask and ratting them out and letting, you know, and you, you should, you should die because you didn't get a vaccine. 
Um, and Malone comes on and misnames it, misnomers yeah. it as um, as mass formation psychosis, yeah. and that leads to Hitler. I'm like, no, none of that theorem leads to Hitler. But he, and within two weeks, he's on Laura Ingraham, Frau Ingraham, and uh, and he's talking about mass formation psychosis, and now everyone talks about mass formation psychosis, and that leads to Hitler. And I, okay, you, so that whole theory is just gone. It just got wiped out by one appearance on Joe's show. That's not Joe. No, no. I, I, Joe is nothing but a a kind, generous, really nice man who is just incredibly interested in stuff. Um, and he's not interested in, in hype or anything, but, you know, a lot of people get attention. He He definitely wants to have the interesting people who are hot at the moment on. And uh, so there's an open mic. It's three hours, you know, and people can say whatever they want. Um, but he, he himself is, I don't think many of these people are any, they don't, they're not like having meetings. <laughs> uh, but you know, who's the, who's that guy who's also been on Joe? Um, he's a Stratcom guy. Uh, he, he writes not, books. Yeah, not Mike Baker? Baker? Not Mike Baker, no. Oh, no. You don't think there's a chance that those uh, those Weinstein brothers are some sort of Mossad thing? I mean, when Eric went on and said that, you know, the Jewish people were here to shepherd us from blowing ourselves <laughs> up, that sounded kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I, um, Eric Weinstein, I don't know. I mean, he, he's, I mean, he's working yeah. for Steel side by side. Yeah. I mean, he, he has messages for sure. What is the name of this guy? Come on, troll room. What is the name of this guy who kept, he, he's all over the, and he does these, he does speeches. He's got a ponytail. He's very annoying. He's got a ponytail. Jesus, oh, what is this about? guy? Yeah. And he's on road. I'll find him. Yes. Centcom, you said? How do you spell no, that? Strat- Oh, com. I know who you're talking about. He's an ex. Does he have all this fl- fluffy, curly hair? No, like? not, no, 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 not, not the ex. Okay. That's another guy that okay. we got to be careful of. Not, no. Um, he used to work at Stratcom. Ah, when was the last time uh, he was on? Rogan, he was talking about Bitcoin, that Bitcoin was nothing, it would go nowhere. That was, that's where I last saw him. Um, oh, man. What's wrong with your audience? Well, they're just not as big, and they're kind of stoned. Someone no, said Bustamante. Bustamante. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Ponytail Stratcom dude. There's my search term. <laughs> it pops up. You never know <laughs> if you're any How good. Stratcom. S T R A T C O M. Stratcom. Oh, man. It doesn't help that Rogan has the fucking worst show notes ever. Oh, he has no show notes. Might as well just call it nothing. What was that guy's name? Anyway, he's not a, not a very old guy. He wrote a book. A couple of books, actually. Stratcom. Monica Lansing yeah. says, our chat is not read in. That's why they're not helpful right now. That's um, a good, yeah. good point, Monica. <laughs> Uh, Stratcom book, maybe Rogan. This is, this is an example of the, how the internet, once you start using chat GPT for simple things, the internet just break. The internet's broken. Yeah. I don't the, think I, I, I'm so frustrated with the searches. No matter what Peter, uh, search Peter? Thing it is. 
Peter, what? Yeah, Peter. Oh, Peter, Peter Jean Peter or whatever. Zihan. Peter Zihan, what? Zihan, that guy? Yes, that's the guy. Yeah. That's the Dude, guy. Dude, I Zihan. got sucked into that guy's shit, so I was listening to the Zihan fucking... I started listening oh, to the Zihan yeah, there he is. podcast yeah, yeah, that until guy. I heard him talking about Ukraine, and I was just like, oh, this guy is like fucking... That guy, that guy is an op. <laughs> that guy is there to send messages and you know he has no other job than other than you know he's he's that guy's clearly a messenger, uh, clearly. Yeah, he's you know, hearing you guys too, right? He thinks we're collapsing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so another one was Renee Deresta, I think her name was. Dude, I've read that guy's book actually. Yeah, Renee Deresta, and she was also on Rogan, and uh, you know, and, and she's a total total um uh info person you know she's out there to to send you messages uh she was a part of i think she was initially wasn't she part of um sleeping giants or something oh geez yeah yeah Oh, and, and then she no, no. She found the Russian Internet Research Agency's multi-year effort to manipulate America's society. I mean, come on. See, oh, I, I get all that. Like that makes more sense to me. It's easier for me to grasp at. It's just that these new, like the the Russell Brands, the the Tim Pools, the you know, the, it's yeah, harder but, harder for me to to think that they're completely controlled up. Like this new narrative they're not. is building. No, they're and, not. They're not. They're not at all. But they but they are the ones that parrot narratives and go along with it. You know, so it's, it's like, an organic oh. you think it's an organic pendulum swing then and this narrative like because it feels more organic to me than um no, I've, I've I've been susceptible to it as well. You know, like Steve Pachanik would call me all the yeah. time and give me info, and then I'd be like, "There's micro dots on the ballots." You know, QAnon. QAnon is, is an outstanding example. Do you what? think Steve is he opping you? Is he trying to op your podcast? I think he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So doesn't that mean so. he is connected to something somewhere? Then, right? Yeah. Well, he is. I mean, he has a quite a quite an interesting background and doesn't mean it's nefarious, but it's still happening. I have, I get signal messages. I get telegram messages and, you know, and, and they'll, and they're listening like, Oh, well, all the boys over here uh, at the base had a good laugh about what you said. That's not how it works. It works like this. Okay. Got it. So have you been invited to the Illuminati yet? I got, I got one of those. What do you mean? I mean, I got an invite (laughs) to the Illuminati. We got, I got them in the, in the, Terrible. I was we thinking, man, maybe I should just try it. Maybe I should just do it. I'm not getting any. Oh, wait, let me do one of these. Oh, this is always good. How are you going to do the like, <laughs> What? How do you do that? I can't. No, no. Where's but we, my we check? Should, Where's I mean, my geez, check? <laughs> but we should talk about what you broke on our show about 14 months ago. You know, you, 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 I think we were the first show that you mentioned uh, you're, you know, you're a follower of Jesus now. You've sort of embraced Jesus. I mean, has Grand that changed? In about 14 months, we've, Adam, we've had like, there's been multiple guests of ours, five or six, seven of our past guests that have done, that have followed in your footsteps or you've followed really? in your footsteps. Like it, it's really? there's no, no connection between them. So it's not like they're getting it from each other. Like it's this weird thing that seems to be happening completely. Oh, oh it's, it's called, it's called revival. Yeah. Is what it's yeah. called. Yes. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a Jesus freak is my, uh, my true categorization. Um, you know, Christian is such an easy thing to say. It's only mentioned like three times in the Bible, but disciple of Jesus, follower of Jesus, or as I say, Jesus freak, which is really where I'm at because 
I think we're witnessing something that happened in the late 60s in America. We had a revival and people were getting baptized. And once you've tried all the drugs and you've looked everywhere and you've done all the social media, you look, everyone's looking for something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jesus uh, really is the answer for me. And, uh, and I agree with you that more and more people seem to, if they weren't, um, believers already, they're bolder now. They're bolder and they're, and they feel like they can say it. Um, and man, my faith has just grown. It's just grown exponentially. My, uh, the amount of, um, friends I have has grown because of it. Um, I feel that my work is better. I feel better. My life is better. Um, it's been, it's been, um, it's been the most amazing conspiracy theory come true. Right. It's just I had no I had no idea what I was missing out on. And what's what's really nice is the amount of people who are also believers and you know, and it's like you're in a club and it's like, hey, oh you too. Oh, that's interesting. And it comes in little little signals, you know, little things. Oh, okay. You're a believer. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it does create a bond and you work well together. I mean, there's a lot of um a lot of believers who work on podcasting 2.0. And if they're not, uh, they're um, respectful and I think interested. And Dave and I talk Jesus stuff on the show all the time, just throwing it out there or some scripture. And we've never had any pushback. No one's run away. I think people are interested. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, kind of cool to have um, a manual for life. You know, uh, yeah. there's a guide a guidebook that uh, can help you out that you can go to that you can. Um, get things from and, and, and the, the power of prayer has just been really amazing for me. It's, it's really done some, some amazing things for mainly for other people, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's been just very, very, very powerful. Do you notice I, the satanic symbolism a little bit more so now that, uh, that you've sort of gone, I mean, I know you probably noticed it before, but I mean, how overt it is in, in, in the pop culture right now. I mean, all the, the videos, the the award shows, the halftime shows. I mean, the the symbolism. Like, what does the community think about that? The community, yeah, <laughs> the Jesus community, <laughs> the free community, Jesus free community. While here in the community, I speak on behalf of the community uh, at the moment. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, well, of course, I always saw it. I always knew it was there, but now I now I just know why. I mean, the the enemy is real. Satan is real. The enemy is real. He really wants to screw things up. The good news is that you can just uh, say, get out of here, Satan. Literally, you can say, not today, Satan, and Satan flees. Um, or I like to say, get thee behind me in old Elizabethan English. You know, that seems to be more effective. Get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, and it goes away. But um, for sure, that is the core of our problems right now. We're not just in a right, left, red, blue you know, gay, straight. When that's not that's not the war we're in. This is good versus evil, and that's what brought me to Jesus. Is when I saw what was happening during COVID. Said these these are not evil people who are who are, you know, either side. Right? Doesn't matter. Pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-mask. You know, uh, lab, uh, pangolin, uh, whatever, whatever it was, whatever the divide was. It's not because one person is evil on the other side. It's the evil in the world. It has existed. And it's very strong because look at the wars that we're having. Look at the 
completely idiotic wars that are taking place. What is war? It's not even a modern concept. Why? What are we, we throwing hot lead at people at each other in a desert, in the sand? How how dumb is this when we have phones and we can do all this in, incredible stuff? You know, this has nothing to do with human beings. This has to do with the leaders uh, and the leaders who are led by dark powers. And the Bible is filled with these stories. It's nothing new. And you'll always hear rumors. There'll always be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And you shouldn't have to be worried about it because ultimately we win from evil in the end. When will that be? Uh, You know, know, I, I don't think that, you know, we're in the end times and, Jesus is going to show up tomorrow, but he could. So, you know, let's live by some standards. There's some commandments that are really simple to follow. Everybody can follow them. Everybody probably tries to. But know that you can be washed of your sins at any moment, you know, and uh, and you get to start over again. You start to, you know, start fresh and be better the next day you get up. And if we all did that, I think we'd probably be in a better place. But, you know, that's not where we are right now but the revival i like that you're noticing it you uh yeah we're definitely noticing it i told my john to my buddy john to let me know uh before the second coming so i can repent or do whatever i gotta do as an indian it's just a hard thing to do i mean i don't know where i'm at but i agree with all the commandments those are easy the commandments is that enough well because yes. my buddy John said that ain't enough, dude. You could commandment all you you could listen, you could be the best person in the world, but if you don't repent and do the believe in Jesus thing, you're fucking done, son. Well, the, the believe in Jesus thing is literally if you believe that Jesus was the son of God and he died for our sins, then you get the direct connection to God and you can ask for forgiveness and your sins of the day are washed away and or for the minute and then you get to renew and start over again. So it it is kind of a a, a yin yang combination, um, uh, and it's I mean you literally can start by saying Lord Jesus Christ Son of God I'm a uh, I'm a sinner have mercy on me say that once a day that's a good start that's all I started saying that twelve times a day, and why was just because I think the twelve step program uses that line. Um, and not that I'm an alcoholic or ever been in any kind of group like that, but I thought, well, that's easy. I can remember that. And I would just say that over and over again. Then all of a sudden I expanded it to, Hey, and thank you for this. And could you help that person? (laughs) And, you know, and then ended it with in your son, Jesus Christ's name. And, and, and that's, and you're on your way. It, It, you know, you don't have to, church is nice. It took a long time for me to go to church. I was watching it. Um, and it took me even a little longer to get into the the worship music, although now I really like it. You know, it's like kind of this Christian music doesn't have solos and stuff. It's like, dude, what's going on with <laughs> I need someone to rip a solo on stage. <laughs> and then you find, you know, find that that's also, there's nuance and all that. Um, but it, I, I don't think there's a, a right or wrong way to, quote, come to Jesus, you know, that's at your own pace, brother. There's not, for me, it's not like, oh, you got it. You're doing, in fact, I went on Rogan and talked about my faith and I only got five negative comments and it was all from Christians who told me I I did it wrong. (laughs) Like, oh, you didn't say it right. Yeah. yeah." And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, But um, there's more people now that are 
saying, you know, I grew up Catholic or, you know, whatever denomination, and I'm, I definitely haven't thought about it. I want to try it again. Because I think literally that's people want something like this. They're looking for this. They're looking for reason in their life. They're looking for something that, you know, television, social media, uh, drugs just can't give them. And, uh, and I, and I, I didn't give up drugs for Jesus. You know, I was a big weed head. I gave it up to keep my mouth healthy from, you know, I had a whole lot of work done. Uh, but then I was like, well, this is pretty good being, uh, not so stoned. <laughs> I'm, I'm very stoned. productive. I'm, <laughs> yeah, stoned. That's I'm like, I actually got some solace, believe it or not. And when John outed you on one of the no agendas recently, um, about the the extent of your weed smoking because like that's like where i'm at dude i'm like i'm smoking weed i have a pretty high level day job too and i'm just like i'm smoking weed before the big meeting you know what i mean because it's like i got some weird adhd thing that i'm the opposite it's like when i can get stoned i can i can sit in and concentrate into one thing long enough that i can almost get if i get the weed and the coffee going then i'm almost stuck in this loop where i can do repetitive yep. pass over, no, that, and over that was me that was me I, I was wake and bake uh all the way through to before dinner you know, uh, and then after dinner and then before bedtime and sometimes i wake up at three in the morning go smoke a joint go back to bed so i was totally like that and i stopped really because my periodontist said dude we got some work to do stop putting fire in your mouth and i'm like you yeah, know i'll just give it up and i gave it up and then i didn't go back i just stopped like uh, and i think i had a gummy or two maybe maybe in a it's been 14 15 months i think i've had a couple gummies but it didn't really do it for me and now i i do vape i just vape uh, nicotine um very low level but i i like that i think it's you know the I've been smoking weed since I was 13. So, you know, just putting something in your mouth all day long is almost, is like, I, that's harder to give up than the actual substance. Um, but it's, uh, it's, I was surprised. I had no withdrawals. Uh, I had a project I was going to do right away. I was going to build a knowledge database for all my show notes. And I was very productive and it's, yeah, it's, it's it hasn't really, um, hasn't really uh, been any different for me. Oddly, our gay troll finally showed up. Showed oh, up. yeah, Andre. where is he? He's Andre, that's Andre, the Oklahoma. Oh, oh, Andre the Whopper, Andre the Whopper. Yeah, so you mentioned mm-hmm. the prayer thing. Um, mm-hmm. you've had obviously a pretty successful com- career from the outside. I mean, as if you're a no agenda listener, you know, obviously it's had some ups and downs along the way, but you know, you have been able to find arguably the top of a couple different industries, podcasting being one of them, the MTV thing back in the day. I forget what, I'm not sure exactly what you had going on with helicopters, but it sounded like you had some other business there that was blowing up for a little while before it wasn't. Did you have, did you ever do any of the sort of Napoleon Hill style new thought stuff? Like, have you ever, you seem like a pretty positive person already, but have you like, because I'm a big proponent of the sort of you can create your own reality if you can sort of lean into the uncomfortable stuff and work your ass off. And there's something to the secret. It's just not in the book. Oh, well, I realize now that that was not me. I didn't invent podcasting. God gave that to me, used me 
for these reasons. And then so I'm connecting the dots now. I'm seeing the path that he put me on. And you can plan your path, but God's going to make your steps. And I see all the different things that he exposed me to. And then the choices that I made inherently just because I was interested or liked doing it. Um, and that brought me exactly to where I am today. And, um, and, and clearly my, part of my job, the reason why I'm here is podcasting and is to protect podcasting, protect free speech in that manner. Um, I think also um, helping the creative arts through it. So we're doing a lot of stuff with music now. We're trying to blow up the old music industry and also using value for value. It's It seems pretty narrow, but that's, you know, that's where I am. And now obviously I also use the same uh, channels to uh, share my faith when people are interested. Um, but uh, my kind of side hustle from God, if you will, is to dispense truth, doctrine, and information. And with doctrine, I literally mean the good news. You know, the that I, I don't go on no agenda and say, "Oh, y'all better be Christians now." But I will try to speak in in ways that maybe a little less inflammatory than they used to be, or more. Like, hey, you know, ultimately, um, we can't, you know, don't hate the players, hate the game. Um, you know, it's the hardest part I find of, of being a Jesus freak is the idea that you pray for your enemies. I was just going to say that. It's, love it's your hard, it's hard, it's hard. And, um, but when you, when you really do it, it, it feels better. I mean, I love forgiveness. That, that's been great because people can be so mean and say such horrible things on social media, particularly, you know, uh, on, uh, on Mastodon and can really just say hurtful stuff that, you know, if you read it, you're like, Oh man, that's hurtful. But I can forgive that person almost immediately. And it's gone. I'm like, Oh, okay. I just forgive you for that. That's fine. And then I don't walk around with it. So it doesn't bring me down. Um, and I think that sharing those experiences and, and helping mm, helping new people use podcasting to communicate whatever they want to communicate that's 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 my job and and I've been a broadcaster all my life I've built transmitters and used them all my life and this was kind of the next iteration and uh and I ask God uh frequently like hey put me on the center line here is this what I'm supposed to be doing am I supposed to be doing something else let me know and, you know, twice a week, I put on the full armor of God and we go at it. I think there's a season of reveal taking place where he is um, revealing all kinds of stuff, you know, like nothing really stays hidden. All that was kept in darkness is now going to be revealed. And I see that happening more and more and more. And so I, I think that my part is what I'm hearing is um, yeah, help that, help show people what it, what really goes on behind the curtain. That's kind of what no agenda has been. In yeah, a way, totally. for for most of most of its uh, path. Yeah. Hey, Pepper One was asking if you uh, recommend a version of the Bible. Is it the King James version, or do you have a a version that you recommend? I've actually. Um, well, I start off with the New International Version, and then, um, funny enough, uh, Roger McGuinn. I'm dating myself here. Roger McGuinn is a guitar player for the Birds. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself again. I see blank stares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, you Grandpa can look him up. Same age as you. 
I'm only about seven or eight years behind you. So. Okay, the birds. Um, anyway, he, Roger's now 80, and uh, and he heard heard me on Rogan, and he sent me a New King James Version uh, Bible. And it's uh, it's the Spirit-filled Bible, so it has explanations. I, I The first one I had was uh, the Lifetime Study Bible, which is really good because you read it in New International Version, and then um, it has you know an explanation or an interpretation of it underneath each, literally each paragraph. I like the New King James just for the English, uh, and it's less words, funny enough, than the than the translated versions. But an, another one that people may enjoy is the Message, the Message Bible, which is it's a true translation. It was written by uh, a guy just passed away. I forget his name. Um, but it was written, his idea was a truck driver should be able to pick this up with no real formal education in big words and just be able to understand what is being written. And, uh, and I've, and I go back and forth. I, I enjoy reading all of them, but, uh, the new King James, I know I just, I like some of that English. Um, and that's right now, that's, what's been appealing to me. So, um, but there's so many, and you know, um, you can get the, uh, what is it? Um, the U version It's free, the U version app. And it gives you like a daily, um, you know, uh, a daily scripture and has video, someone talking about that scripture. And then you can read the Bible in different versions and it's value for value. So you can support them or not. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. The U version, it's an app, which is pretty cool. And they have plans if you want to study different things. It's a good way to get into it. Before we start wrapping this thing up, what has been your favorite part of the no agenda experience? I mean, there's a lot, right? Making a living out of it's got to be great, but there's this great community. I mean, we just had we just had Andre the Whopper mention that he's going to be at a meetup in Tulsa. These meetups are happening all the time. Can you kind of talk about that aspect of it a bit? Because as a Christian now, that's got to be seem like a big part of it, bringing people community. Connection is protection. You can't spell you can't spell community without unity. This well, is that's true. even bigger than you think because I don't know if you know or not, but the, like one of the leading things behind addiction turns out to be lack of connection. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, well, for me, um, I I love what has been built up around the show. Um, the fact that we are able to make it work because we have, we, we called our listeners producers from day one. Like you're responsible for this show too. Some of you got to pay it is in a way. It's a lot like a church, you know, it's like um, all members of the body of Christ is as it's, as it's written. And if you can teach, teach, you know, if you can, if you're good at woodworking, then woodwork, you know, help whatever, everyone can help in some way. And so that's, that's been, um, just phenomenal how our producers and, you know, some have come and go and some stay and some have been with us for a long time, how they have really, uh, built the show around, uh, around us almost. And then, um, every single show day, I love working with John C. Dvorak. I love the, it's a performance. We don't talk beforehand. We don't set it up. We don't script anything. There's no gags. In fact, we're famous for, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. And then totally forgetting it or screwing it up. Um, and it's, it's like, it's a performance that we're doing and we play off each other. We play into each other and we're human. So we can both be in a wrong mood or an off mood. And, 
um, you know, we lift each other up or not. You know, we've had some some real some real stinkers, um, and it's uh, it's exciting to me every single time. And and I love uh, producing it. You know, I I love having you know we're talking about something. I can find that clip, or I can hit that jingle, or I can you know I see um, someone said something in the troll room, which which I just caught offhand at the right moment. Um, it's, it's a wonderful product, uh, to be a part of. And again, it only works because of all these producers who take ownership and feel, um, and are part of the actual production, you know, and, um, and it's very different. I think it's very different from anything that's, that's really out there. And it's, it's a little bit like this. I, I, I like it where you're just looking at your chat room and seeing what people are saying. Um, so in that regard, and, you know, we have, we have such experts in everything. Everyone's an expert at one thing. And, and if we hit on a topic and it's your expertise and people feel not only comfortable, but they know that we'll read their, their communication, however they send it to us, uh, and we'll use that, we'll, you know, we'll use it in, in the show. I mean, that's dynamite. You, you can't get that anywhere. You can't get that kind of knowledge or background on any on any other product as far as i know now john might be a physical archivist but you're the digital archivist i mean it, that's it what i find great. is amazing the way you pull like an old clip from 10 years ago that's relevant now and you find it on the fly there's no delay i mean that's that's super talented and and i'm sure everybody everybody would agree that you're on your path and that you're on the right path right now i mean i do think that's amazing if i have time for one last question it's from dude I, i'm in no rush too. i'm in no rush take well, your time yeah i just asking darren more than anything you know, know. um <laughs> he's, he's indian he has no he's a stoned indian he's, he's not in time, a rush he's time blind actually he, <laughs> he's an in, he's a time he's blind time indian blind. Uh, <laughs> TBI, I, didn't agree to, I did not agree to clocks. Right? The TV didn't say anything about TBI. clocks. It's, like, uh, it's an analog clock. I'm time blind. TBI, baby. I can't see what time. I don't know what I'm doing. But the 13th chimp. Indian. Yeah. The 13th chimp asked a question about uh, have you heard of the dark enlightenment? And I didn't realize that's probably a term from what I've been sort of thinking of lately, believing in. And it sounds kind of similar to your revival. Do you, have you ever heard of that term? Do you know what that is? No, the dark enlightenment? Yeah. No. I think no. it's it's kind of like uh, how people look at the uh, the enlightenment as, as a bad thing, like this progress. You know, we're supposed to get more civilized and progress towards being better. And, and the dark enlightenment is, I guess, the, the opposite of that, sort of going back to like before before the enlightenment. Probably mm. back to traditional, traditional values. Sounds like the revival in some ways. I mean, it's well, revi revivals have, have happened throughout history many times, um, uh, and it's all written in the Bible. My favorite one is where you know they're they're digging through the ruins and they find oh what's this? It's a Bible, and then uh, you know once someone starts reading from it, and then uh, people are so enthralled by it that they come back every day and say, "Hey, bring out that book, man! Where's that book? Bring out the book!" And then they start reading the book. Um, we're seeing it here in our, you know, Fredericksburg is, I don't know, 12,000 people or something that live here. There's 60,000 on the weekend because we're kind of a touristy place for that. Um, but our church sees 800 people, you know, it's like 10% and, and there must be 20 churches around us. So, and this has been growing and growing. We had to go to three services because people are just, they're looking for something. 
And, um, and you know, whether that's the dark and enlightenment or what, whatever you want to kind of resist we much, whatever you want to call it, um, there's something going on. There is something happening. And, uh, and, and maybe even because, and certainly here in the, in the, in the lower 50 below you guys of North America, you know, white Christians are the fault of everything. I, <laughs> I, I was just going to say, there's something to that because, you know, a lot of the alternative media that people we have on our friends, our groups are, are kind of rebellious. Mm-hmm. And right now it, it is, it is a, a rebellion to, to, uh, to, be, to go to against be. the war on Christianity. I mean, they're, they're burning down churches in Canada and nothing happens. It's like, it doesn't even matter. Like, is that still happening? It it just it happened twice recently. It happened again. Wow. It's come up again. This time it's not on reserves. I don't think is it. Now it's just like general churches. Yeah, one was wow. in Saskatoon. I mean, and they caught the guy. You know, and I, I think he just got a slap on the wrist or something. Wow. And, I mean, it's just well, it's not just Indians now. They've got like everyone riled up against the church. Really. It yeah. seems like I mean we're up in in communist Canada, you know. I mean, what are they, what are they afraid of? Is my question. What yeah. are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid? You think? Oh, are you afraid of Jesus? Are you afraid of God? You should be, but that's just interesting. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna burn this down because that's gonna get me. Well, how yeah. about when the premier gets like torched by the entire country for saying like, okay, we're not gonna let you cut your tits off until you're 18. <laughs> And you can't do the puberty blockers until you're 16, and you got to tell your parents about it. And that, everyone is that's your, uh, freaking out. Yeah, what's her name? Daniel Smith. Daniel Smith. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, well, you go, girl. You know? And by the way, honor your father and mother is kind of up there. You know, it's like, which means you shouldn't be trying to do stuff without telling your mom and dad. I mean, that's one way to look at and school teachers should also honor a child's mother and father in that way. That's just one of the oldest ones. You know, it's in the commandments. So, you know, it's like, hello, that seems like a pretty obvious one. And people are flipping out over that. I mean, that, that, that right there. That's the enemy. To me, the enemy works that to point, way. To the point where, like, our conservative guy that, you know, Polivier every year, what I, I always say it wrong because it's not Polivier. There's like a weird little thing on the end. Polivier or Polivier. Yeah, he's going to be the next PM, I'm sure. But it's even to the point where he wouldn't come out and say it. Like, he, he just finally said it like a week and a half ago. And you can tell where it's just this point where he was stuck. Smith came out and said it. So he doesn't have a choice now. I got to, it's one side of the coin or the other. I can't yeah. not answer it. So he, then he has to come out and say, yeah, I agree with her. And everyone freaks the fuck out. So is that my question? I guess if there's one in there, is that like just a vocal minority or is this where the general public is at? Because when you poll Canadians, it seems like most people are like, what are you guys doing? Well, okay. So we saw this happening. I can speak for, for America, but I think it, it's very similar in the Western world, we saw this happening and it probably around 2012 with bullying. And it went, it went pretty quick. First, like, Oh, little Johnny's being bullied at school. Now, why do I remember this? Because we would have these reports about bullying and bullying this and this bullying. And then some kid was bullied and it, it was a real push in the news for a while. And Dvorak and I grew up with a, a very famous little, uh, 
rhyme in America, which was sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And you stand up to a bully and, you know, the person who pops the bully in the nose, then uh, the bully goes away. But no, it turned into bullying laws. And then everyone became so sensitive. And then it became um, hate speech. And we saw this progression, and that's the enemy right there. There's, there's no two ways about it. So that we get all this, like, what, what, what are we doing here? What are we actually talking about? Add some participation trophies. Add an entire generation of parents. I'll have to stick my hand in my own bosom for that. Um, you know, we didn't really pay attention in the 80s and 90s. We were like, you know, I was rocking and rolling, MTV guy, successful career, School board, <laughs> loser, you couldn't get a better gig, you know, city council, really? Um, so we kind of let that go and let the enemy creep in. And because inherently, I think people are good and you, and you like, hey, if, if, if this upsets you, then I won't say it. You know, it's like, oh, you want to be a they, them? Well, okay, I'll, I'll say them and they, whatever, you know. And, and, and we let that go too far. We let it change and affect language. Um, and I think that's, that's where we're at now is that we're saying, okay, well, you know, we, we can't really even communicate with each other anymore. In the United Kingdom, you know, it's, it's, it's an offense now. I mean, you can really get arrested for saying, for saying things, you know, the country where the Magna Carta came from. And as I was talking about earlier, Speaker's Corner and the true freedom of speech, you know, it's, it's, um, it's diminishing. And it, it comes from, I think, a place of ultimately love of, hey, I, I, I don't want you to feel bad about what I said, but, you know, you can't live that way. I mean, yeah, you can, but you still have to be able to say what you want. And when it comes to, you know, some core issues like what they're talking about with, you know, with, uh, I mean, <laughs> even the terms, um, I'm sorry, gender affirming, uh, medical health care. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's transgenderism. You're, you're, you're changing, you're mutilating children at a young age when they are very, um, malleable. You can, you can tell kids anything and get them to believe it. This is, none of this is, is holy. <laughs> it's the opposite. So, you know, th this, this goes against so many natural things that this, the backlash is here. You know, the backlash is just coming out now. This, I mean, you guys are seeing it. I'm seeing your troll room doing it. Um, you know, this, this is a backlash. We're, we don't want to have this anymore. And the victims are just children in general. And so now, like, when we have Admiral Levine telling me that climate change hurts black Americans more than white Americans, I'm like, you're a dude in a dress. Shut up. This is, I'm sick of it now. Do you think any of it's sort of, because um, how much of it is riled up? Because from, I guess I'm not the religious, I'm not religious, like, as like you are. So I always look at this as being communism, but are you just looking at it in real as real evil or is there, are the two aligned in some way or because it does seem to have a communistic or as you mentioned on no agenda, the Matt trans Maoist sort of thing is it's, it seems to be that same beast coming back with new teeth. Yeah. I like the term trans Maoism. 
um, because that kind of describes all of it. We saw a very similar thing happen with Mao in my lifetime in the 70s when the children all started, you know, dressing kind of um, uh, agnostically, you know, or androgynously, and they were, you know, telling their teachers to shut up and telling their parents to shut up. And, you know, so, and then you add some trans stuff in there. And I think that's how you, you come up with trans Maoism. Um, but, you know, what is the true nature of that? I think when you have people who have given up on God, when you, when you, when you give up on, and I don't like the term religious per se, because it, you know, that sounds like rules and stuff. Um, but when you give up on believing in God, and I certainly was not raised in any manner of that, I would say, like most people, I believe in a higher power. You know, I think something's going on, you know, the universe, which is a very Rogan-esque thing to say. But when you actually sit down and say, hey, here's a book, it explains it. Here's a guy and here's what he did. That makes it a little more real. I mean, you can Wizard of Oz it as much as you want. Um, so those powers that create those types of movements, um, which is also going to be political. Yeah. That to me is just the work of the, of the enemy of the devil. I mean, that's how it works. It's always been that way. I mean, there's been rulers and, and Kings and all kinds of people throughout history who have just not been great. Most yeah. of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like the snake bro. Shout out to the brothers of the serpent. They're also, uh, Supporters of you guys too. All of our buddies ended up coming over to No Agenda. It's like once you hear it, you can't go back. So if you haven't listened, <laughs> it's like eating potato uh, chips. Take a listen. But you know, their big thing is you gotta remember that, you know, the last couple hundred years is the exception. For most of the time, it's been brutal assholes running the place. <laughs> yeah, we're actually in one of the best times of, of all, really. Um but you know, I, I look at the the, the technology. I mean, uh, the technology has really run us for a loop. Not technology per se itself, but the application of it. And I really, really feel bad about social media. I mean, just the fact that it's called social media to me means is unsocial. It's, it's doing bad things. It, it's just not good. It's not a good thing. Um, you know, um, it's it's there's just a lot of abuse going on right now and it's only made control and abuse of people easier. It's just, it's just made it that much easier. You know, people think, Oh yeah, we've got free speech now. We can say anything we want to, but it, it's only made it much, much easier for governments to, um, to control and propagandize people. And what happened with COVID I mean, especially, especially for the Canadians, was just unbelievable, unbelievable the evil that took place, you know, and and pitting brother against brother and family member against family member. It's that's, that, that, what else could it be? Yeah, it's not quite over. It's not quite over. No. And I feel like we are on the down, the downswing of it. Well, I mean, what's the, the situation there? We're going to catch up with everyone eventually. What's the situation there? What do you mean it's not over? Well, well they're, they're still pushing, pushing certain it. things. Yeah, they're still yeah, pushing. Just, I can't. I'm not even allowed on some of my. I have some job sites in British Columbia, and I'm not allowed on them because I'm not vaccinated. So, I mean, that's still a thing. The masks are back in some of the hospital settings. 
when I go for the physio on my finger now, all the nurses have to wear masks again. Mm. It's like it's just creeping. It's not. It's like lingering around. You know, it's not going far. It's making sure wow. we still know. It's like. I think I think the healthcare workers in BC are still not allowed back. So yeah, there's, they're there's and they're still pushing procedures that are, you know, that we pretty much know are dangerous now. You know. So anyway, I would say as a as a parting shot regarding that, try and love your enemy. Forgive forgive that person who excoriated you. Uh, I have learned it's crazy how well this works. When you forgive, so you don't have to say I forgive you. You can just say it to yourself, to God, I forgive that person for being horrible to me. It Nine times out of 10, that person will, out of the blue, say, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm sorry about how that went down. It's amazing how, how well that works. When you forgive someone, forgive, I, forgive me of my debts as I forgive my debtors. When you do that, it works for you because you feel good. Like, God, just bless that person, please especially a family member, because this, this is where the, the most horrible divides have taken place. If you can forgive and just, just leave it out there and not like, I forgive you, but, or if, or just, I forgive you. I forgive you. You didn't know what you were doing. I forgive you. You think you know what you were doing. It works and just let it go. And that, you know, what do you have to lose? Nine times out of 10, that person will come to you in the future and say, Wow, you know, uh, I don't know what happened there. Let's uh, let's try and repair this. Or um, I've heard so many. I, I'm sorry. I mean, it happens so often. It is the one of the most powerful things um, I've I've ever witnessed is the power of forgiveness. I think it'll be harder to find a better note to sort of end on than that. That was well put, Adam Curry. <laughs> Thank you for your courage and for, I mean, we've been following you guys along the way. If it weren't for shows like yours, who knows if we'd even still be podcasting. So big thanks for that, for the podcasting 2.0. Because Graham, I mean, we are working this into a living. Graham's already doing it as his livelihood. I'm working in that direction. So we have that debt of gratitude for you as well. Where can people find all the stuff, the podcasting 2.0, the no agenda, all of it? Well, before I plug all that, I appreciate you guys so much. I love coming on the show once a decade, sometimes more <laughs> often. <laughs> um, thank you for uh, your uh, your producers, your audience. They are very kind. They're very giving. We love it when they show up and do Grimerica donations. Uh, we love uh, their contributions to our show as well. And I certainly hope that No Agenda people show. I see some names here I recognize show up for you guys as well. Um, thank you for the for the courage of trying value for value, and I will definitely see uh, make sure that all your feeds and everything are all set up so that you're getting you're maximizing your your Satoshi stacking. Um, podcasting two dot org is where you can find out about podcasting point two uh, two point uh, from all perspectives as an audience member, as a podcaster, uh, and even now as musicians. Um, you can find me, uh, well, noagendashow.net is, uh, is where we have the show. And I am on mass. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really interact. Adam Curry, if you want to tweet at me or on Mastodon, Adam at psyopshop.com. It's my, my new home, psyopshop. 
and <laughs> um, and uh, and adamaccurry.com if you just want to shoot me an email that seems to still be uh, a tried and true way to uh, communicate with people and uh, and thank you guys so much I, I I really do enjoy chatting with you and uh, and thank you for being so open about all your topics and just open-minded uh, dudes in general thanks buddy awesome having you again yeah thanks we'll My see pleasure. you uh, we'll see you I'm sure we'll meet you soon it's just a matter of time till we get to the same meetup you bet. You bet. Thank you very much for coming on the show, sir. Come back anytime. Okay. Adios, mofos. A hooey hooey and such. <laughs> and that was our chat with the one and only Adam Curry, the podfather. What'd you think? That was a whopper. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That was good. That was a doozy. Big thanks, Adam, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even better thanks, guys. Like Adam said, it's a value for value show. If you are getting some value, from our little podcast here. I think we're up to like almost 700 episodes all out there for free. Head over to slash support today. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. You make a one-time donation over 50, we'll read your note on the show like we've been doing lately, so that's fun. And of course, adultbrain.ca for the audiobooks. GreatAmericaOutlaw.ca for the stuff they want to cancel us for. Uh, contact at the cabin for the trips. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. It's all a little bit too convenient All the evidence went up in flames Phonies, fraudsters, scammers belong in the slammer My friend best give up their names Should I call on militia man? Or pass out a petition pen? I feel really trapped An ant burned by a magnifying glass I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, a three, four. Some time ago, a crazy dream came to me. I dreamt I was walking into World War Three. As prophetic as humanity. Animals. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river dark. As prophetic as deja vu, as wormwood, as falling stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river dark. I can't even hear my own thoughts for the life of me over the din of a bruised and broken culture the media spins and splatters and spins and clatters and i cringe because it's psychological warfare don't you feel yourself getting really mad how did we let it get this bad don't you feel really trapped like a brain in a vet to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia would you give me a lift hopped out of the Hegelian rebellion 
Say goodbye to all you Machiavellians. Let evil destroy itself. I'm bound for Shangri-La. Shangri-La. Above a 